Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Good morning. You're listening to Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SCNZ. It's Monday the 25th of October, and it's been a great day. Louis away, Baz is away, so we got Ricardo Ball and to help me get through the next three hours. He's been outstanding. Great to have you on the show, Ricardo. We've had a good show so far. We had Andy Ellis on the show to talk about that All Blacks performance over in Washington, D.C. He was there. He was in the stands. He also spoke about the uh, rugby in America, what they need to do going forward if they are going to be any sort of threat on the world stage. Maybe a potential signing, a rugby director, Wayne Smith and co. Go and listen to that conversation as well. We spoke to Jay Campbell. Jay Campbell is the CEO of the Hawks Bay Rugby Magpies. He's got big decisions coming up. Mark Ozich is heading off over to Perth to coach Western Force. He said he's got a short list of coaches coming up in the next few days, so stay tuned for that. We also, I also asked him the question about the Hurricanes. Is there a fractured relationship between the Hawks Bay Magpies and the Hurricanes? Make sure you head over to the podcast to listen to that. Also had Mitchell McLennigan on. Great to have Mitchell. He was a fast bowler in his own right. Very aggressive, passionate, left-arm fast bowler for the Black Caps. He'd been over and spent a bit of time in, at the Mumbai Indians and the IPL. And he spoke about the Black Caps previewing them going into this upcoming World Cup. They facing Pakistan on Wednesday. And if you can remember the tour, they got cancelled. And the animosity that created from that cancellation of the tour, Pakistan are going to come out with fireworks heading into that game. So looking forward to that. And coming up, we've got Noel Harris, 14 days out from the New Zealand Cup Week in Christchurch at Rickerton Raceway. And Noel Harris, well, he rode Ever Swindell in 27, 2007. Ever Swindell, the horse, ridden by Noel Harris, and that was his fourth win at the New Zealand Cup Week. He joins us this morning on Baz and Izzy for breakfast. The Chemist Warehouse Labor Day Sale is on now. Get 10% off store-wide. Hurry in. Sale ends Wednesday. This is Baz and Izzy for breakfast on ECNZ. Monday the 25th of October. It's just after 6 o'clock here on the Baz and Izzy for breakfast. I hope you're having a great long weekend wherever you are in the country. And if you're in Auckland, keep hanging in there. We're thinking of you. We're feeling for you. You're doing well. You're doing well. Go get the jab and you'll be all right. Anyway, uh, hope you had a good weekend like I just said. Tomorrow morning, Baz will be back. Bazza is making his way back from the UAE today. He'll go on DMIQ and he'll join the Airways tomorrow. It's been a long time since the skip has been on the Airways with us. So looking forward to having Skip back. Baz McCullum as he has just ventured over there to the IPL and just fell short against Flemside, but that's okay. He's back with us tomorrow, so stay tuned. Looking forward to having him back with us. But today we've got Ricardo Ball on the show, but before I get there, I'm going to let you know what we got on the show for you today. All Blacks thrashed the States, which was no surprises really. Someone that was there and joins us this morning is Andy Ellis. Andy Ellis was in the, in the stands 
watching the game with his family. He plays for Rugby United in New York. He'll tell us about the future of rugby in the United States and if the MLR is having an effect and will the sleeping giant that is the United States wake up soon because after that performance, oh, I felt a little bit sorry for them. Anyway, so Andy Ellis joins us about 7 o'clock and then 7.40ish. We're going to be sticking with rugby and the dynasty that has been forged in the mighty Hawks Bay, locking the shield away for another summer after retaining it, retaining it against Waikato. Big shoes need to be filled, though, as head coach Mark Ozich heads off to Perth to coach, coach Western Force. Hawks Bay CEO Jay Campbell joins us this morning to talk about the future of Hawks Bay rugby. Will Josh Sims join in there and take over the role? He has been assistant coach for the last couple of years, and he's been a big factor in why they're so successful. So maybe he'll just step straight into that role, or we'll see if there's any interest. From what I hear, there's been a, quite a bit of interest, and no surprises. Who wouldn't want to coach that side? They're playing pretty, pretty well at the moment. I'm a proud old boy. Bloody good. Anyway, uh, also, T20 Cricket World Cup started over the weekend, and as England crushed the West Indies, crushed them, bowled them out for 55, terrible. Terrible start from the West Indies there. But the Black Cats campaign starts on Wednesday morning against Pakistan. And we have former Black Cat fast bowler Mitchell McLennigan to preview the up-and-coming World Cup. Looking forward to chatting to Mitch. He's a, he's a good man, old Mitchie. He's currently in Auckland as well. He's got an F45, if I'm not mistaken. So looking forward to chatting to him as well. And, well, we're going to st stick to some horse racing. Louis is away, so we're going to try and delve into some horse racing and Keep you updated. I had a wee punt over the weekend. Cox Plate, uh, the Invitational. There's a bit of racing on the weekend, and I went horrible. So we'll chat about that during the show. But anyway, it's 14 days till New Zealand Cup. New Zealand Cup week in Christchurch kicks off. So each day, we'll be chatting to winners of the famous trophy, starting with 2007, Eva Swindell, which was rode by the Hall of Fame jockey Noel Harris. Noel is a four-time winner. He joins us this morning at about 8.40ish to talk about that ride. And 207, Eva Swindell at the New Zealand Cup Week at Rickenit in Christchurch. And then we'll be going to 2008, 2009, building up to 2021 next Saturday. So looking forward to sharing that as we get excited. No crowds, no crowds, but that's okay. We can have a little shindig at home. But anyway, I've got to cross over to Auckland. Ricardo Ball, he's in the studio with me this morning. Great to have you on the show. Trudy, good morning. Cares Joe in the background. Ricardo, how are you, bud? Oh, is you know, I've uh, I've been better. And it's nothing to do with having to get out of the scratcher at like 10 to 4 or whatever. Stupid o'clock, yeah. Stupid o'clock, whatever time it was, mate. But... Uh, Oh, yeah. you know, like me is, you know, you proud United fan. I've got, I even, I went to bed in my shirt last oh. night, so I passed the good vibes on to the boys, <laughs> and we're five nil down, and Pogba's been sent off. It's a horrible, horrible. morning. Horrible, horrible morning. Horrible, horrible start, man. What, what is? Look, I had, I was so excited. Obviously, you know, I thought Ricard, but they just remind me of the Lakers, mate. Lakers are a horrible show at the moment as well. Just a lot of. Individuals, maybe not a good team. So I don't know. What's your take on the United at the moment, mate? Mate, we're like a donut, right? So we look, we're look, we good at the back, and we're, well, we good, at, and we're, good, at, and we're good at the front, and then we've got a big hole in the middle, you know? Um, yeah. So, yeah, I think, this, I think the team's too unbalanced, mate. That's the problem. Uh, you know, yeah. you've got Bruno Fernandes, Marcus Rashford, Cristiano Ronaldo, Edinson Cavani, Mason Greenwood. Mm. Uh, you bought... Um, 
the kid Jaden Sancho from Borussia Dortmund, the England England star as well. You got all these players who play in three forward positions, and then you got no midfield. Mm. Uh, you know, I mean, they, today they went with Fred and McTominay, uh, Ollie. They're not good enough at this level. You know, they should be running around a mid-table team, really. I think McTominay's all right as a backup, maybe. Uh, Pogba didn't start, then came on at halftime and got sent off after 15 minutes. But, I mean, it was a it was a scratchy game anyway, mate. We had five yellow cards at halftime. I think we were just going to kick Liverpool out of the st- out of the ground. It was that's how, that's how it was looking. So, yeah, it's unbalanced, mate. It's unbalanced. They've spent money. They've oh, spent good money, and they've strengthened the squad, but they, they haven't strengthened it in the right areas. I think this, You know, mm. Cristiano Ronaldo, actually, for me, is... Great player, love love the fact he's back at the club. But if yeah. you want to if you want to press like the modern game and the way Oli had us playing last season, you want to press. So you got to have guys that are willing to run for ninety minutes and be fast and press effectively all the way up the pitch. And CR seven mm-hmm. doesn't do that. That's not his game, you know. And then nah. that leaves a hole in nah, your press. And they so in yeah. a way, getting Cristiano Ronaldo has actually been detrimental. I think. Yeah, yeah. Look, I was, I was, I was one of those ones that got hyped up, mate. I was all part of the hype. I was pumped, and I was just talking about it on air. We're back. We're gonna get back to. He's the only reason I started following Menu. To be honest, I, I, I enjoyed the Beckham era and the Skulls and all those guys when they were playing, and they won a lot of champions. But when the young Cristiano Ronaldo went there, that is the real reason why I started um, following uh, Manchester United. And I just read the horrible news today, mate. I don't know if you play PlayStation, but. FIFA mm-hmm. has left EA Sports, so they're not making the FIFA EA Sports game oh, anymore. Mate, and I know Kieran's it. in the background. He's a big fan of uh, uh, FIFA and EA Sports, the game. So they've just cancelled their licence, mate, and they're not going to make the game. So I used to play with uh, Man U, building my city, uh, my team around with with Cristiano Ronaldo. So it's horrible. And I, I just, um, what do you reckon, the coach? I know um, Bruce has just been fired from Newcastle. And they've obviously got some big dogs that are coming and bought their club. Do you see the same thing happening with the old, I thought, mate, the, 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 the stories are doing the stories are doing the rounds about Antonio Conte, the former Juventus and, mm. and, and Chelsea coach. He's he's without a job at the moment. But it'd be like I guess the good thing that Solskjaer has done is that he's got us playing better football, more Manchester United style football. Mm. But it is leaving us open a bit. Conte would be a bit like going back to Jose. It'd be mm. more pragmatic, if you like, type football. But yeah. he, but he's a winner, you know. So um, I think that's a, that's every possibility. There was some talk about Zinedine Zidane as well. There was some some uh, stuff in the f- Spanish press about how Cristiano Ronaldo had talked to Zidane and said, "Mate, I'll get you in," basically type thing. So mm. um, yeah, well, I, th- I think there's every chance, mate. Solskjaer will be under massive pressure after this game, uh, after this result. You, I mean, it's five nil, twelve minutes left. I don't think the, I don't think there's a Fergie style comeback coming in this game, mate. I think we're done. <laughs> <laughs> no, mate, they're, they're well and truly done. And you're right. Do, do you feel? Do you feel like the players? <sighs> I don't know, like you gotta be probably involved to make these calls, but you feel like there's a bit of a disconnect. Do the players are they are they too like you spoke about individualistic and then mm. do they actually play for the coach? Are they playing for him? Do they do they feel like he's the right one to, to send them to the right direction, you reckon? Well, I think they're playing for him. He's a he's well liked. He's a man manager if you like. He's not a tactical manager and I think that's the problem. Mm. You know, he got these guys up when they were down when when he came in, you know, Jose had been just throwing players under the bus one after another after another, and, you know, they, 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 there was no confidence. He comes in and puts his arm around everybody and tells everybody how great they are. That's the type of manager he is, mm. you know. Um, I don't know if yeah. you've ever had one of those. It doesn't strike me like Shag would be that guy, but 
Um. <laughs> <laughs> Razor, Razor gets a little bit cuddly, mate. Come over yeah, and yeah. T- you know, rub me on the head and you know, just say, hey, I love you, thank you, love you, thank you. Nah, no, Steve, no, totally opposite, mate. Yeah. Totally opposite. So it's fascinating. It's fascinating. I'm, I'm but yes, oh, I was, I was so, you know, pumped for the season when, when they signed uh, Cristiano Ronaldo, but they've just let me down big time, mate. But I don't know if you saw the news as well mm-hmm. that Silver Lakes are buying a stake in the A-League. What yes. are your thoughts about that? My, my, I mean, <laughs> well, the A-League can't be fussy, bro. <laughs> Let's be honest. The A-League can't be fussy. I mean, Silver Lake, I think, was it 30% for about 140 million 140 Australian? Mil. Yeah. Mm. Which, you yeah. know, the A-League and, and those clubs have never had that sort of um, cash injection before. They won't know themselves, mate. You know, and I'll tell you what, is you'll notice this, is how visible football is in Australia over rugby. And it has been for the last few mm. years. Even if you go to, uh, for example, you know, the Fox Sports Australia website to have a look, and you have yeah, the, yeah. you have the what do you call it, the menu on the side, and it's always AFL and Rugby League are the two top ones. Well, rugby's down about 6th yeah. or 7th now. It's under basketball, it's under football, it's under motorsport. You know, it's it just doesn't feature. Yeah. And and it, yeah. with this sort of injection of football at grassroots for rugby in Australia, this could really hurt. So, so what do you? This my point. My point I'm trying to go down is, New Zealand rugby, uh, the conversations that they had with the Silver Lakes, and we spoke about it on our show about a couple of weeks ago, and it got got everyone going with, you know, obviously um, the way that COVID's affected the NPC at the moment. I know a lot of the provincial unions were keen for it, but then the players obviously came on board and turned it down. My whole reason is, does this come back on the on on the table now with the current state of of provincial rugby, seeing that the A League have, have you know, done it. And I'm not putting them in the same category as the All Blacks because it's totally different brands and, mm. you know, different exposure around the world. But does that, you know, do, do you know what I kind of mean? Does that make it an, a viable option at the moment? I reckon it's got to, does doesn't it? Come it? Back on the I mean, from a, from a business point of view, I mean, you've got to look at it and think we're being without crowds, so all those unions are hurting, you know. The Heartlands mm. are hurting, the NPCs are hurting, Everyone's hurting. Even the Super Rugby's will be hurting, man. You know, um, so mm. you got to you got to look at it from that point of view. But you've also got to look at it from the point of view of like, well, where are the Sharks, the Bulls, and the Stormers, and and, and all that, and the Lions playing now? They're playing in Europe, you know. And if South Africa yeah. do one permanently after COVID and go up there, then we're looking at Australia, where it's what the fifth, sixth choice sport. Mm. Um, to be our partner, mm. how are you going to get enough money, sponsorship money, TV dollars? from a competition with just New Zealand and Australian teams, if you're not, you know, you've got to find the money somewhere. And uh, South yeah. Africa gives us that Northern Hemisphere, um, you know, sort of timeline and everything, which helps for advertisers and sponsors and things. So I reckon, yeah, I, 100% they need to push it through. I think if the money's on the table still, was it $480 million? I, I don't yeah. see why you wouldn't take it in the global climate. You you kind of you got to weigh that up, mm. and um, if the money's there, take it. Otherwise, New Zealand rugby could be in a hole, you know, and we could be in that situation where we have to bring in a ghetto law, you know, in ten years' time because all <laughs> our best players are, are, have disappeared and are playing offshore because we can't afford to keep yeah, them. Yeah, it's uh, nah. Well, and we're going to have a chat about it later. We're going to have a chat about it later when we talk about the Test match and playing over in um, in the United States. And there was obviously a lot of uh, chat on social media about it, maybe. Was it the right option, uh, you know, playing them? Is that a good thing for rugby, blah, blah, blah? So we'll, we'll, we'll delve into that a bit more but about it later and, and talk about the exposure being on the big stage, but then 
yeah, it's going to be a great conversation. I'm looking forward to having that with you, bud. Yeah, you're listening to uh, Baz and Izzy Breakfast. Thanks to Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. We'll be back with you after this. Yeah, it's 6.21 with Baz and Izzy in for breakfast. Ricardo Ball uh, filling in for Louis Herman Watt, the hyphen as they call him. You can call us anytime on the Kennards <laughs> Hire phone line 0800 150 811 or you can drop us a text on double eight double three. Let us know where you're listening to SENZ and uh, what your name is as well so we can give you a shout out. Um, is What did you make of that uh, test on the way? Was it a test? Was it a test? It was in a post-training run, wasn't it? What did you reckon? <laughs> um. Yeah, look, it's still a test match, test match, and uh, there's, I'll delve into it a bit later in, in my little takeaway. I think the the winners for me, I'm going to talk about the winners for me, and then I'm going to talk about the questions from that test. So the winners for me, Will Jordan showed me that he needs to be in the team somewhere. Mate, his ability to break open a game at any time, work his work ethic around the park, his canning ability to be in the right place at the right time, i.e. when he scores tries, I had a wee punt on him actually to get five tries, him and George Bridge. He got three, and actually Damian McKenzie stole one from him when he reached his hands out, so I was absolutely gutted when he did that. But he's such a busy player. And for me, he'll make a real headache when it comes to picking uh, the sides. Outside backs, they're absolutely stacked with um, talent on the outsides. But for me, Jordan, Will Jordan has to be there. Also, Tupai and Eno at centre. And I thought that that combination uh, will give Ian Foster and co um, some some thoughts to have. I thought they were outstanding. I think the way Tupire is, his um, he's so direct. His directness with his play, he runs hard, he runs strong. He's only a small guy, but he's physical at what he does, man. And so I really enjoyed his multifacets of play, his ability to to be direct, but also be a distributor um, at, at centre. And, and then his combination with Braden, who well, Braden came back from. From an injury, he'd been out for a while, and what I love about Braden is his when he's at centre, mate, he is so physical on the defensive line, mate. He shoots out of line and puts hits on, and he makes good reads. So it reminds me of kind of like a Conrad Smith, very defensively sound at the centre role. So those connections that these two players were able to, to form on the weekend will we'll have questions for, for Foster and Co. when they have to pick the side, um, and also Braden Ennell's ability to be, to be able to play wing. Obviously went on and with about 30 to go and replaced uh, Bridgie on the left there and looked really, really good actually when he had opportunities very quick. So his ability to play multi-facets of positions will, will just give him another added bow to him. Maybe that last little bench roll when you're coming on, bit 23 where you can cover centre, you can cover the wing. So that, that gives good questions for Fozzie and, and the crew. Um, Dane Coles, how good was it to see Dane Coles <laughs> ranging on the edges, playing his free-spirited game? I mean, he will be big for this All Black side, especially with him and Guzla heading to Europe, uh, heading over to, to the UK when they play the Wales and the French sides, the Dublins, and uh, the Irish. They are big and they are physical. And, and especially one thing I've kind of noticed with the All Blacks is they, like, they don't have, I don't feel like they have, they have that ruthless edge about their Ford pack at the moment. And uh, I know if there's Coles and Guzla and co in there, they will bring that edge, they will bring that niggleness, and they will bring that just that, that little bit of thing that's missing for them at the moment. So looking looking forward and loved having Dane Coles. Only question marks is his calves. He, he you know, we love seeing him ranging on the edges, um, running that free spirited game. But always every time he has a sprint, I'm just looking at his calf going, Hold up, please stay together because he's um he's had a fair few niggles with that. But nah, it was good to see Colsey back. Um question marks, look I hate to say this, and someone that I was hoping 
to have a cracking performance. And to be fair, he didn't do too bad with the opportunities he had. Um, Bridgie, George Bridge, the ball wasn't really going his way. And every time it did, it was it was crappy ball. So it wasn't really good ball that, that Will Jordan was kind of getting. But what I would love and, and what I saw from Will is, is Will was getting into positions. He was putting himself into positions to, to get into um, actual viable positions where he's going to make a difference. And I know... Um, Bridgie was kind of trying to get into those positions but wasn't really in a position probably to help the team or put himself into into good positions. So I just I was just hoping he was um, going to have a cracking performance, but I just see it pretty hard for him in a stacked outside back. You know, you've got Severy Reese who will come in and he's made every post to win every time he's had an opportunity. Severy Reese will be, has to be there somewhere. Will Jordan has to be there somewhere. You had Rico Yuani wasn't even playing, and how outstanding has he been playing all year? Centre wing. Uh, you got Braden Enor now, who's a viable choice. You got Geordie Barrett, who is our best fullback at the moment. I know Damien McKenzie had a cracking performance on the weekend, but Geordie Barrett has to be there. So, got three positions, six players. It's going to be tough, and I just see um, Bridgie. His only real chance to really come back and have a cracking performance will be against Italy. Um, where he can get his mojo back, get in the game, scoring tries, defensively, catching those high balls, the things that Bridgie is good at and why he's in the team. Um, another question mark, um, Ricardo, I want to talk about, and I might be off here, but last week I spoke about my expectations for the tour and I spoke about ruthlessness and everything they do. And, and you can look at the score and you can say 104-14, yep, that's ruthlessness. But knowing the ABs and their mantra, the two tries they scored, scoring points, Hasn't been a problem, but it's leaking them, which has. Little mind lapses in critical moments, especially down their own end, which allows teams an easy in. I'd just love to see them being a bit more ruthless with the way they do. And I know um, when the USA scored those tries, let's be honest, that was probably a third-string USA side with the um, players they haven't been able to select in the UK and in Europe. And them scoring true tries, I I think that will be... They'll be pretty disappointed about that. So that that's kind of the ruthlessness that I'm talking about. Like these little things down their own end, just offloads, putting themselves under pressure, and then giving the United States opportunities to, to score tries and make those points. Like if you play in a tier one nation, um, they will punish you. And we saw that in, in the South African test, you know, just little lapses, little times when the pressure went on that they kind of just went away from what they're about. Um, I'd love to just see them be a bit more ruthless in, um, in what they do. As for the spectacle, was it, was it worth it? I think so. I, th- I think from a brand point, Ricardo, with all, all Blacks and growing it globally, I think that would have been, been great. On the other side, a- and a country trying to host Rugby World Cups and be a major factor in the game of rugby, then no. Uh, time will tell. I think you've got you to trust what they're about. Look at Japan. Look at Japan. The Japan top league has been going from strength to strength, and now they're competing with t- t- um, tier one top teams, only going down to Australia by 10 points. So you look at the what the Japan Top League is doing and the MLR now, and we're going to get Andy Ellis on later uh, to talk about it. Like you just got to, I think you got to give the states time to get to where they are at the moment. If we give them time, and you keep growing the MLR, MLR, it's gonna, um, it's gonna be great. It, you know, it's gonna help USA Rugby um, go from strength to strength. So for me, mate, I thought it was a great spectacle. There is winners, there is losers from it, and um, you know, I know there's a lot of chat. Was it worth it? Well, it's a business, you know, and without money, we can't operate a business. Without our sponsors on our radio show, we can't come to your way. So, yes, you need to make money and you need to go over there. So, 
Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, that's my take, Ricardo. Well, the thing is, if the All Blacks, if there's a, one of those tries, gets on the ESPN top ten plays of the week, it's paid for itself, mm. hasn't it? In terms of exposure for the game yeah. and, and and things, you know, like mm. that. I mean, and without those moments, you don't get Silver Lake offering you five hundred million to be part of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, hundred percent. That's what I mean. Like, yeah, and that's like there is obviously the scoreline didn't reflect that, and, and but you know, look at the fans; they got to witness. Some amazing rugby. Twenty nine seconds to watch Luke Jackson score a try off a kickoff. Like you know, like they get to witness some great rugby and what the All Blacks brand is about. But yeah, it is a business, and at the moment, you know, the sport and and especially in New Zealand is, is tough going at the moment, and, and they've got to keep making money and, and like you said, exposure over there in front of these great brands on bloody Wall Street. You know, they might see this team and see what they're doing. The hacker, you know, they had the um. Uh, someone in Congress talking about them in, uh, during their during their meetings. Like, how cool was that, man? So, yeah, I, I could only see positives from it, man. Yeah, exactly. I, I I'm I'm with you on that. I mean, I from a spectator's point of view, I turned it on 12 minutes in and saw the score, and I went, oh, <laughs> and thought I turned it on 32 minutes in, you know. And I, so I was a bit taken aback. Yeah. But I mean, you know, I talked to Dan Power, who's the uh, the voice of Major League Rugby. Um, he's an Aussie who's been yeah. living in Aussie for uh, in the US for a while, and he calls all their games and hosts their podcasts. And he said there were 39,000 there. Um, he said which was down on Soldier mm. Field. But different city, yeah. uh, different climate. The fact the US team were wonder. I mean, that's forty thousand Americans who are paying dollars to go and yeah. buy their hot dogs, buy their All Blacks jersey at the merch stand. A lot et of Kiwis here, though, eh? With their <laughs> NYQ banners. Of Kiwis, in- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, man, it was cool. Yeah, it was. It was cool. It was cool. Mm. Hey, um, we should we should crack on. Uh, here's Trudy with the news for Kubota. Uh, together with uh, we are shaping and building New Zealand. Thanks, Trudy. Uh, loveracing.nz is your home for everything thoroughbred racing. Uh, you have a big win on the weekend. Maybe you had a near miss on the weekend. Uh, tell us about it on that uh, Kennard's higher line, 0800 150811 or 8833 on the text. Izzy, I know you had a few punts on the weekend, mate. I, hopefully hopefully uh. Mrs. Dag's asleep and she won't hear this bit. How'd you go? <laughs> uh, no good. No good, mate. No good. I got, look, it was, uh, it, was, it was a fascinating weekend, you know. Obviously the news um, early, early Saturday morning that Zaki, had been scratched. So Zaki was the uh, the favourite leading into the Cox Blade on the weekend. Zaki was paying like $2.85. Zaki was that good that they actually started paying money out for Zaki to win the Cox Plate months ago. So someone <laughs> from the TAB in Australia is going to get sacked for that because Zaki actually got scratched. And the worst thing about that is James McDonald, he is uh, one of our great jockeys from NZ. He's over in Australia and uh, he's been going great guns, J-Mac. He actually went into quarantine, went into quarantine to, to race on Zaki. So he did five days quarantine with Hugh Bowman, and uh, they were together there, getting ready to race in the Cox Plate. Wakes, wakes up, and then Zaki had an elevated temperature, and Annabelle Nisham had to scratch um, Zaki from the uh, from the race. So I wasn't on Zaki, so I feel for J-Mac, obviously having to do that and then mm. not getting to race in the, in the Cox Plate. But I was on Very Elegant. A very hard game was the second favourite. So after that, and seeing Zaki get scratched, I was pumped. I was like, yes, I'm right in this here. I'm going to be well in the money. So I had a wee punt. I had very elegant. And then actually last week, me and Louie did a power play for the TAB, Paul Moati. We did a power play for them. We said, very elegant wins. Course on Mav, top five, pays 31 bucks. Good money, good money. So I got on that. 
And then after Zaki got scratched, it actually dropped down to 15 bucks. So they scratched it in half. So I thought I was right in the money, and to be honest, nah, I've got a hiding, mate. Got an absolute hiding, very elegant, came third. Um, State of rest, won the, um, run the Cox Plate, just been Animo. A um, little bit of a protest there, actually. Um, State of rest, um, might have hit Animo along the straight. So they protested it, but no, nah, it got waved off. And uh, State of rest, won, and beat Animo, and very elegant third. I think Callsign Mav came sixth. And, uh, yeah, so I got a hiding. But it wasn't as bad as Louis Herman Watt. I can see why he's having a break this weekend. He lost <laughs> one on trivia air. So <laughs> I can see why he's got a headache today, mate. Yeah, well, I, I was just looking back through the uh, on, on Baz and Izzy for Breakfast uh, Twitter account. Um, and there was a uh, Choices Flooring poll done last week, which was who wins the Cox Plate. Zaki, 24%. Very Elegant, 24%. Animo, 24%. Someone else but who, 28%. So someone else, but who was right, mate? That was that was the win. Yeah. yeah. Hey, another horse actually yeah. that did all right is, I don't know if you uh, caught up with this, but um, Flying Mascot, daughter of Tavistock, uh, was racing yeah. at the Valley, uh, Group 3 Tessio Stakes, over yeah. 1,600 metres, cruised it, travelled like a winner from the start. Blake uh, McDougall on board, won by four lengths, mate. And for a young horse, particularly after that protest you talked about, because this was the race to me, uh, mm. afterwards, I had to wait for that protest. Um, oh, I thought that was uh, that was a pretty good look and uh, one made to watch for the future, eh? Yeah, well, mate, I'm, uh, I just, look, to be honest, mate, this show, because Louis loves horses. Yeah. Baz loves horses. So He's a horse farmer, isn't he? This show, true. <laughs> Is he a horse farmer? He's a, he's a horse farmer. Trudy will know. Even Trudy's downloaded the TAB app. This is what they do. They corrupt us. They corrupt us and we start punting on things that we have no idea what they're about. So, look, yeah, I've, I've been on the punt for the last couple of months and it's, it hasn't been great. It hasn't been great. But punting responsibly, tell you, but just just hasn't been, it hasn't been good smooth sailing. It's all, you know, it's always the last leg, Ricardo. I don't know if you punt, mm-hmm. but it's always the last leg that I get pipped by a nose. When I take Nature Strip, that won the Everest last week, and I was like, <laughs> I had Nature Strip and the one that lost to Eduardo about three weeks before that, and uh, would have would have got paid. So, look, every time I punt it, it always loses them. So I'm just sick of it, mate. Right, uh, fair enough. I, yeah, the, the, I, yesterday <laughs> I invested on Manchester United versus Liverpool, and I was like, I think there's going to be goals in this game, <laughs> and I was like, do I go? Do I back over four and a half goals? Which was I can't remember what it was paying. It was paying good money. It was about four bucks, I think. Or do I go my exact score, which I had United three two in some delusion that I was obviously in, and I ended up doing that, mate. Mm. So yeah, I went I went the wrong way. Took the wrong steer because it was paying more. I got greedy. Should should have learned. Should have learned. <laughs> yeah. Hey, actually, if you if you want to get greedy, it's uh, time for uh, Quizzy Dag. Uh, you can take oh, on yes. the, the Is Master, and you could win a fifty dollar bonus bet with a TAB. Call us now. 0800-150-811, 0800-150-811. Back with Izzy Busy. Let's get quizzy. It's SENZ Breakfast with Baz and Izzy Ricardo Ball filling in for Louis Herman Watts. Uh, 6.43. Hey, just uh, an update on the uh, cricket because uh, the ICC T20 World Cup is underway. Pakistan have destroyed India, won by 10 wickets. They chased down 151 and they scored 152 without loss, 13 balls remaining. That is an absolute hammering, the kind of hammering that Quizzy Dag is going to put you under now. Call us 0800 150 if you want to be in on the quiz. Is I've had a look at these questions, mate. Ooh, the quiz master. Can you be, can you be?
It's Quizzy Dag with Ashley and Martin. Regrow your hair. Search Ashley and Martin today. You know what time it is. It's Quizzy Dag. A quiz that keeps on giving like I skip a pass. Louie, Trudy, Kez and Joe not wants to brag. But good luck to our quizzies cause there's Satan in the bag. Oh, 800-150-811 now. Give it a go. <laughs> I can see Ricardo sitting up there. He's going, what have I just heard there? Is that... Oh, my well. poor ears. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's I great to have you daggy. on the show, Ricardo, mate. <laughs> <laughs> hey, mate. It's good, eh? I <laughs> uh, hope you had a great weekend. Wherever you are, we've got a good quiz for you this morning. And we're going to go to Craig. He's in Auckland. Good morning, Craig. Good morning. How are you, bud? You had a good weekend so far? So far, so good. Yourself? Yeah, no, I've had a good weekend, mate. Just cruising, working on a Monday. No public holidays here, but but that's okay. We're all good. I'll rip into it, eh? Thank you, mate. Here we go. Who scored New Zealand's only goal in their 5-1 loss to Canada yesterday? How do I do that? Oh, golly gosh. I don't know, mate. No idea. One... You got no idea? Okay. Sorry, Craig. No, Next no, time, no, bud. Cheers, buddy. Bam, Here we go. We're going to go to Bretton Huntley. Bretton Huntley, who scored New Zealand's only goal in their 5-1 loss to Canada yesterday? Brett? What in the cuz? No, I don't know either. Oh, no. Come on, Brett. <laughs> All good, brother. All good. Have a cracking one, bro. Jordan. Good morning, Jordan. Morning. Morning, morning, Jordan. Here we go. Who scored New Zealand's only goal in their 5-1 loss to Canada yesterday in the women's game? Rhea Percival. Rhea Percival? Yep. Bing! Well done. Question number two. Question number two. Who has scored the most tests? 100. Who has scored the most 100 tests? No, who has scored the most test hundreds for New Zealand with 24? Sorry? Uh, that be two. Kane Williamson? One. It is Kane Williamson. Well done. Question number three. Which Kiwi won their Maiden Challenge Tour title in Spain over the weekend? Five, four... Three, two, uh, what? Maiden challenge. One. Oh, I don't know. Sorry. Challenge tour title. You got no idea? Sorry, buddy. I don't even know what it is. Thanks, Jordan. <laughs> Golf. We're going to go to Tom. Tom in Christchurch. Morning, is he? Morning, Morning mate. mate. Which Kiwi won their Maiden Challenge Tour golf title in Spain over the weekend? Dan Hillier. Five. Yes. Was Dan Hillier? Well done. Question number four. Who scored USA's first ever try against the All Blacks yesterday? Uh, it's the halfback. Yeah. The halfback. Um, Esperger. Esperger, something like that. Yeah. Was him. Was him, mate. I'll give you that. He was outstanding, actually, yesterday, I thought. He was very, very good. good. One of the shining lights 
and the United States side. Here we go. Question number five, mate, to bring it home. Aaron Gate scored a silver medal at the World Track Cycling Championships in what event? The Omnium. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, good. Hey, you, you're a bit of a track cycling fan, are you? That's, man, that's a great oh, no, get on there. Just watch the news, mate. Just watch the news and prep for this yeah. quiz, yeah? Yeah. Just like last week with 414. Oh, no, <laughs> mate. Sorry about that. A little bit of, yeah. So, yeah. Sounds good, like Tom does more prep for this than you do, is he? <laughs> <laughs> Four one four. We had a shambles last week. You missed it, but we had how many diamonds are on the NBA championship ring? And it was four hundred, and we had thirty six in our answer. <laughs> We're way off. Izzy, we've moved on from that. <laughs> we've moved on. We've moved on. Thank you, Tom. Well done, mate. Stay tuned, and you'll get that fifty bucks from the boys. Awesome. Yeah, nice one, Tom. The karma comes around, Tom. Karma comes around. You stay on, mate. Your, your time will come, and today is your time. So well done. He's done well, mate. He's one done well. He's grabbed himself a $50 bonus bet with the TAB. You can call us any time on Kenna Tire phone line 0800 150 811 or text us double eight double three. Let us know where you're listening to SENZ and uh, give us your name as well so we can give you a shout-out. Up next, it's Trudy's World here on da- uh, Baz and Izzy for breakfast. Ooh. I was going to say Daz and Izzy. Who's that? <laughs> Uh, you're on Paz and Izzy for breakfast here on SENZ Ricardo Ball, filling in for Louis Herman What You can call us anytime on the Kenna Tire phone line 0800 150 But right now it is time for Trudy's World. It's 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 Trudy's World. So you love the quizzy dag intro. Yeah, how does mine compare, well, Ricardo? I, I, I think what we need is we need Trudy recording her own version, oh, and no. then we can measure them up. <laughs> Lol. Um, and, and a bit of a, yeah. a story here. Ricardo and I actually first worked together about when I first moved to Auckland. It was about, that was 21 years ago. Wow. And you just did this one. and said, how's your little boy? I said, yeah. he's 23 now. Yeah, <laughs> so Gregory. Good to, good Man, I used work. to keep him. When, when Trudy was my boss, one of my jobs was often to babysit Gregory and keep him from running around too much. Yeah. Now he's 23. Wow. My biggest regret is I had that phone number that you, you know how you got a really amazing phone number? Mm -hmm. I I got offered that cell phone number. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I don't want to change my phone number. I've had it five or six years, but it's like all sevens, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, pretty much all sevens and eight. Because you were my employee, like I was your boss, but I didn't want it. So I gave it to you. Man, I regret that. I've still got that 21 years later, same number. Funnily enough. Anyway, blah, blah. Um, What a game. What a spectacle that game of rugby was yesterday. I I absolutely loved it. I know there's a bit of sort of, it was like a yawn fest or, you know, was just getting embarrassing all that but I actually loved the whole thing from the moment that the the guys came out to do the anthems like six, six, Matthew Walters from 660 absolutely nailed our national yeah. anthem um, and then the the Star Spangled Banner was sung so beautifully and in um, by a gay chorus and I just sat there and I was actually incre- it's, it was incredible that I would never thought that I would have seen a chorus of like 20 gay men with it all written over their t-shirts mm. singing the uh, at a rugby game like that. I thought that was really cool and inclusive and the whole crowd was good. Mm. But you would have missed that, Ricardo, because you <laughs> said you tuned in 20 minutes into the game. 13, I'm sorry. 13. Sorry. Well, I was, I, was, I was flicking between the test and the football ferns playing Canada and the UFC. So technically I was prepping. Technically. 
But I loved Izzy hearing all your, um, all your, you know, the proper bits about the game and all the, you know, the technical stuff. But I loved um, Dane Coles. I thought he was looking pretty lean and mean. <laughs> and I loved Richie's lid. Richie Monga's hair is on point. Oh. He is like, I'm, in fact, I'm going to play him a song because I think that Richie is channeling Lionel Richie. So that's for, for Richie Monga. Do you like a Someone hair? made a meme. Trudy, someone made a meme about it oh, and, really? and tagged him in it. Yeah, they've, they've compared him to Lionel Richie with the moustache and the ears. Oh, my God. He can do many things. He's, he, he, I've probably said it before, but he, he turns into Freddie Mercury. He wears the old singlet and the tight jeans at the end of the, year, end of the season. So he's, he's a man of many talents. He's, he's, he's like, today, Israel, I'm going to be <laughs> Freddie Mercury. <laughs> Dags in their eyes. Yeah, I love, yeah, exactly. I love it. But yeah, I just loved mm. all of it. I love the banners, the taking the mickey out of the MIQ, let mm. us home. I love seeing all the Kiwis. I love seeing them sitting in the sunshine. I was surprised there was not many, ma- not much mask wearing in the crowd. But yeah. Mm. What do the young boys think of the game, the, the USA rugby, um, New Zealand game? All black? Um, I mean, I was, I was very impressed. Um, but I was just—I was a bit shocked that it didn't sell out. I was a bit gutted about that, but I'm sure it still would have been an amazing atmosphere. I know, as you, when you played at Soldier Field, the atmosphere would have just been crazy, wouldn't it? Was it like something you'd never had yeah. before? Oh, something about America, eh? They just do it differently over there. They just know how to put on an event, and and there's also been a lot of chats. I know uh, Ardi Savia posted tagging in Sky City Sky Stadium in Wellington, saying they need to do. Uh, you know, car park barbecues, little boot parties out the front. Like, you know, on that walkway leading into Sky City, how good would that be if someone just did that? So, um, yeah, mate, it's an unbelievable atmosphere. I loved it over there, eh? Cracking. Yeah. Cracking, cracking. Mm. All around good t- good times. I wish I was there. I wish we could get there. Anyway. Do you reckon if you uh, rocked up to Ashley and Martin and asked them for a Lionel Richie, they'd be able to give you one of those? <laughs> is that, you reckon, is that what Richie's done? I reckon he's done something similar. <laughs> Oh, he doesn't need anything, mate. He's got a full lid. <laughs> How was your weekend, Trudy? It was, How was your weekend? It's actually really wet and miserable, and I d- didn't like it at all. Oh. It was windy, and then I thought, actually, you've got to think of silver linings, and I thought, well, at least that kept it all the Aucklanders inside, not spreading the disease. True. Keeping, yeah. it, keeping it all locked down, eh, Trudy? <laughs> yeah, mate. Exactly. Treating it like a lockdown and not like a long weekend. Which no, is, I didn't which even actually know it was a long weekend. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not for us, is it? No, I mean, we're here on a Monday. That proves that. Hey, uh, we're off to hunt down a McCafe coffee. Um, Trudy's going to be giving us the news shortly with Kubota. Together, we are shaping and building New Zealand. Andy Alice joins us in the next hour to talk that test from the US. The Chemist Warehouse Labor Day sale is on now. Get 10% off store-wide. Hurry in. Sale ends Wednesday. This is Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SCNZ. Good morning. You're listening to Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SCNZ. Louis away, so we got Ricardo Ball in the studio helping me out getting through these next two hours. Wherever you are in the country, have you having a cracking long weekend so far? We've got a good show for you ahead of us. Coming up at 7.40, we're going to talk to Jay Campbell, who is the Hawks Bay Magpies CEO, Hawks Bay Rugby CEO, after another uh, defence of the Ramfurly Shield, Hawks Bay locking away the Shield for another summer in the mighty Hawks Bay as they beat Waikato. So uh, their coach, Mark Ozich, is actually heading offshore. He's heading to Perth to coach the Western Force, and he's going to have big shoes to fill. We're going to talk to Jay Campbell this morning about who's going to fill that role. Assistant coach Josh Sims going to head in there and take over, or are they going to look elsewhere? Have they had any applicants 
applying for that job. Oh, you'd be silly not to with the talent they've got there going at the moment. Pretty outstanding from the Magpies. And then after that, we're going to chat to Mitchell McLennigan. T20 cricket started over the weekend as England smoked the West Indies. The Black Caps campaign starts Wednesday morning against Pakistan, and Pakistan just beat India comfortably easily. 152, though, chased down without a loss. Uh, 13 balls to spare, recording their first win in the T20 World Cup from Trudy's News. So that's going to be a, a tough start for the Black Caps on Wednesday morning. It's going to be live on SCNZ too, so make sure you tune in live on SCNZ. That game, Black Caps Wednesday, they start. Mitchell McLennigan is going to join us this morning and talk about that. And then later on in the show, 14 days till New Zealand Cup Week. New Zealand Cup Week in, in Christchurch, Rickerton kicks off. So each day we'll be chatting to the winners of the famous trophy, trophy starting with 2007, Ever Swindell, which was ridden by Hall of Fame jockey Noel Harris. Noel is a four-time winner, and he joins us this morning. That's about 8.40 a.m., so keep your text messages coming in. We're going to chat to Andy Ellis right now. The All Blacks did the mahi at FedEx Field, racking up 104 points over the Eagle. It wasn't all bad for the Americans, scoring their first tries against the mighty All Blacks. Rugby United New York's halfback just so happens to be in the crowd. 28-test All Black Andy Ellis, and he has joined us this morning. Andy, he is a jet setter. He's been around... Everywhere, Japan. Where else you been, mate? You're in the United States. You're jet setting all over the United States. Good morning, Andy. <laughs> morning, brother. I'm actually in a Union Station in DC, just heading back to New York now. So, yeah, been getting around a bit. Mate, how was um, how was Washington DC? Is that your first time to venture out to Washington? Yeah, it is, mate. Um, it's an it's an amazing city. Um, blow me away, really. Like the White House and Capitol Hill and, and all the memorials and all the museums. It's a, it's a beautiful, um, beautiful city. Uh, so it's been a great place to come and visit. I brought, brought the family with us, so we've been, been venturing around. And then obviously that, um, that great test match yesterday at, uh, at the Washington um, Stadium was, um, was a great way to kind of top it all off. Talk, about, talk to us about the stadium and the whole atmosphere leading up to the game. During the game, I know there's a lot of Kiwis in the crowd. How was it, mate? Yeah, it's it's, it's almost hard to explain back, back back to Kiwis back home because they do sport and entertainment in the states so well. Yeah. It's it's the most amazing experience, and um, you know because you've been to um, NFL games over here, right? Where where like they tailgate, and so this was us yesterday. There were there were hundreds and hundreds of tailgates. That's where you you pull up your your car and your and your in the car park and open the boot up and get a barbecue going and. Um, you know, there's rugby, everyone's kicking rugby balls around, and you're kind of mixing and mingling between between mm. it, um, having a few beers. Yes, so we so we got in there, you know, about four or five hours before the game, set up, and just it was amazing. Like all the Kiwis were around, all the, all the Americans that love rugby and wanted to learn more about it. We're just in the car park, kind of having this great experience, um, and then you know, it sort of finished it off by actually sort of, sort of stumbling in and um, and watching a, <laughs> a, a, a test match and, and an incredible incredible venue you know that, that, that stadium was just out of this world let's talk about american rugby you, you're playing in the mlr and you're playing for um new york united rugby club over there mate talk about the mlr and, and rugby in america you have you seen have you seen any progress obviously the school yesterday probably doesn't reflect that but have you seen the progress to maybe form a formidable side going forward yeah it was disappointing yesterday's um performance um really too sure where they're, where they're at 
the, the, the American team, you know, that I feel like they might may have lost a bit of their kind of identity, you know, what what sort of team mm. they want to want to be, you know, they've got a, a quite a strong South African influence in there at the moment, but it's pretty hard to play a South African style of rugby if you if you don't have those those big brutes, um, you know, and and practice it and, and work really hard at it. So, mm. um, I look at the Japan team, right, and the way that sort of Eddie Jones and then Jamie Joseph and Tony Brown kind of came in and they understood the type of game they wanted to play. So then they knew what type of yeah. athletes they wanted to select. And then they worked really, really hard for, for, for months and years now on, on a certain type of skill set that that Japan are now genuinely contenders, you know, in, in the top six, six or eight teams. Um, and I reckon, you know, America can probably take a bit out of that and, and sort of learn and understand how they want to play and, and then work really hard at, at, at being that sort of team. So, uh, yeah, it's tough on them. Um, and, and I think the club competition here, the, the actual MLR, mm. is, is a lot better standard than that. You know, there's um, yeah. the, the, the club stuff's actually is pretty good footy. It's just, just that the international stuff when they play, it's, they'll be disappointed themselves. Yeah, so that's what I, I spoke about it today when I was um, talking about the game. I said, I was talking about obviously the, the scoreline probably doesn't reflect that, but then I look at Japan and the Japan top league and the, how that's gone from strength to strength every year, and then it's transitioned into the top side with them only losing by ten points to the Wallabies. So, so for me, do, do you feel like you just have to give America time, or is there just they just need to start somewhere like you said, gaining what they're about, where they want to play, their identities? You feel like they've got the talent to to be able to compete, Andy? Yeah, they do. I mean, they do have the talent. You know, they, they've got, and when they really tap into it, you know, a lot of these colleges that um, these incredible athletes are coming out of, there's only, there's often only a handful um, that actually go on and play NFL. So you've got, you've got these American, mm. uh, you know, colleges with these, yeah, you know, with these incredible athletes that you know, if, if you're able to form some sort of uh, pathway for them to sort of transition into rugby, and 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 there are some, there are some academies being set up at the moment. So it's coming. Um, but yeah. you know, honestly, if, if 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 they're serious about it, I'd get a um, I'd get a New Zealand sort of director of rugby in place who who understands. You know, imagine if they got someone like a Smithy or um, mm. a Robbie Deans or someone like that to come in and, and run a program. Um, that that's where, that's where it would all start, you know, because then you start developing the skill sets yeah. and the talent and running the right sort of camps and. So, so I think they need that in place, and then it could actually happen quite quickly. You know, that, that mm. them competing at the top level could happen quite quickly if they got that stuff in place. Oh, mate, that's just how I read it. I don't know, but that's, that's my gut. Hey, Andy, it's uh, Ricardo here, mate. Uh, just filling in on Bricky for uh, for Louis Herman Watt, but uh, wanted to uh, get your thoughts on uh, how you thought Finlay Christie went as a halfback uh, first first test start for the ABs. I really like him. I, I think he's got a real edge about him. Um, you know, he ran great support lines, didn't he? As as all the nines are yeah. these days, but he's just got he's just got that bit of stink in him. You know, like he works real hard, makes breakdowns. He's tough. I saw him fly up and put a couple of great shots on too. Um, yeah, I reckon he's exciting. That 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 nine spot in the All Blacks is um, is is a is a tough um, you know competitive position at the moment. You know, obviously. With, with Nugget being your nine, but you know after that, what, you know, what, do you, mm. what do you want that guy coming off the bench looking like? And look at someone like Christie; he's got a real bit of real energy, real X factor um, with the way he plays. So, yeah, he was awesome. 
uh, who do you reckon is going to be the number one starting halfback when we play the Welsh then? Because um, TJ's obviously the the, <laughs> the, the, the experienced guy. Uh, Brad Webber's probably more like a, a nuggie in terms of a of a starting halfback, and obviously Finlay's putting his hand up as well. Oh, it's it's a real tough one, isn't it? I don't I don't think you lose anything um, with any of them. You know, um, uh, you know TJ all passed as well. You know, so. Um, it, it depends on the kind of game they want to play. I suspect maybe a Brad Weber gives you gives you the ball a bit quicker to your backs, um, which is where they'll want to play. So does Christy. You know, TJ is more of a director. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's it's going to be a good one, eh? It's going to be a, a real real good talking point that selection. Um, but I, they probably you know who knows they might give one of the nines a start each on this tour away, and and then and then they'll get a probably better idea of. Of, of what that's, that, that, that position looks like moving forward. Hey, mate, um, take, take this game out of it, or, or you might take some little bits out of it, but where do you see the current state of, of the All Blacks at the moment with how they're playing, what you've been able to see? You witnessed them firsthand out there on, on Saturday. So what were your takeaways from this current All Black side? You've been involved with a lot of All Black side Sides that are that are ruthless, that are that, that are good at what they everything that they do. You've been part of some good playing uh, teams with great players in it. What's your current take for this All Black side, mate? Um, yeah, it is. It's hard to take too much out of that performance in the weekend. But what I do mm. like is how attacking wise, they they were always loaded right across the field. They had attacking yeah. threats everywhere. You know, whether it was the back on the blind side or. Or through the middle, or white, or out wide, and I think um, when the All Blacks look like that, um, no one knows where they're actually going to attack. The All Blacks don't even know where they're going to attack until it kind of <laughs> unfolds and the defence makes a read. So I, I really like that side of it. Um, guys excited and and um, and loaded across the field, and then just some of the um, some of the X factor moments. You know, where guys are offloading and stepping and. Like putting the foot down, you know, one guy breaks and there's about eight guys with him. I think that's really exciting for New Zealand yeah. rugby, all black rugby at the moment. It's um, it looks like there's some real fire there, some real hunger. You know, they're making you know they're making errors as well, but it doesn't deter them. Mm. You know, they, they they go again. You know, you would have seen some of their release zone stuff. You know, they they, they dropped it and they, or they turned it over, but it didn't mean that they went into their shell and started kicking. They um, they keep looking to to be loaded, like I keep saying, and play and, and kick kick on their terms mm. when they're ready. That's um, It was great from an attacking point of view. And, and I really hope they can carry that sort of rugby through to to this tour because, you know, there'll be different sort of defensive pressures, but, you know, hopefully they can stay brave and um, courageous and, and play that play that sort of game. Uh, Andrew, we just saw uh, the news come out over the weekend uh, that Ma Nonu signed for the San Diego Legion to run around again at 39. Um, <laughs> when you see them on the uh, come up on the on the fixture list, mate, how those how those hammies, are they feeling a bit tight? <laughs> good, <laughs> good, that big fella, right? Eh? That's awesome. Um, yeah, mate. Look, I um, oh, I'm still feeling pretty good, you know. Um, I love competing, so that's that's the thing that's driving me at the moment. I love getting out there, and I love competing, and I love winning. Um, and yeah, the body's not not running quite as smoothly as, as it once was, but um, but but I still got that real fire fire in my belly and, and hunger to, to compete. So it's great, and great to see someone like Mar out there as well. I'm sure he's the same. He, Still loves playing and doing his thing. I know there's been a heap of really exciting signings in the MLR over the last sort of few months. So I think um, you know the competition here is going to um, grow some more legs, get more exciting. Um, hopefully, see a few more faces that you know from back home playing over here, and 
you know, who knows where this game could go. Um, get the club rugby humming and I'm sure the national team will follow. Oh, we're talking to Andy Ellis. He's over in the United States, just about to head home back to New York. Give us a text on double eight double three. Who your halfback will be? Who's your halfback going forward against the Welsh? Who is your halfback? Well, who you want to see selected for that match? Hey, Andy, I want to ask you about um, you. I know I've talked to you a lot of times, and I thought maybe you're going to hang your boots up. You're like, yeah, yeah, the family wants to re- relax and settle down, mate. You don't look like you're stopping any time soon. You just keep going. You surprise me every single day. What are you going to do you're going forward? You've got another year with uh, Rugby United, but what are you going to do post that, mate? Are you going to stay involved in the game? <laughs> um I don't know. Yeah, look, mate, we, um, I was going to hang the boots up after, after we had played in Japan, but, you know, this, the New York sort of opportunity came up and, Matt, we, we have had the most incredible time as a family. Like, we've, we've seen this part of the world and we've met some amazing people. We've, you know, we've been to shows and concerts and some of the most amazing sporting events. So the experience for the kids um, and, and me and them too has been so worth it. So we, we get, we're going to do another year, mate. We, we'll, we'll push on to... Um, uh, August next year, and then we'll look to we'll look to come home. Then, um, what well, one our uh, oldest daughter Scarlett, she's going to be starting high school, so um, it's important for us that we're back in New Zealand <laughs> for that. So, at this stage, that's the plan. Yeah. Um, but what I'm going to do, mate, I know is there a spare is there a spare slot on that on that morning show for me, or <laughs> can we kick Baz off? Mate, he's only part is, time anyway. Baz is jet setting no. He's like you, mate. He's jet setting all around the world. I'm the only one staying put. Louis's got a day off today. Trudy's the only me and Trudy are the only one stay put. Oh no, Kizza hasn't had a day off yet. Hey, uh, I was going to say, Andy, you might you might get a job uh, as a as a marketing consultant uh, with the club that you're at because I don't know what Rick Salito's up, mate, but up to. But how do you how do you brand a club from the get go when it's your decision that ends up with an acronym of Runny? I mean, surely he's got to he's got to he's got to have a look at himself, doesn't he? He's actually got rid of it. He, 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 to be fair, he inherited that, and uh, it is now called Rugby New York, as opposed to Rugby United hey. New York, or like you say, Runny. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, he's been great though. He's 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 been awesome over here. He's done a great job. It's we're really fortunate because it's because it's a new young club. You know, we we can be a big part of the getting the foundations in place and. Um, you know, hopefully some of the stuff we're doing now is going to be here for a long time. That's the, that's one of the exciting things about coming over and being part of a new competition and a, and a new club. So it's, it's really cool. Nice, Andy. Hey, thank you so much for your time, mate. I'll let you get back to your family and, and getting home. Uh, travel safe, mate, and we look forward to seeing you back in NZ soon. But I'm no doubt we'll get you back on the airways because we love hearing your very insightful thoughts, mate. So appreciate it, Andy Ellis. Any, any time, my brother. Send our love to Days and the Kids. Yeah, you too, mate. Send my love to Emma and the kids. Thanks, bud. Uh, you're listening to Baz and Izzy for breakfast. Thanks to Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. Andy Ellis there with us. Still to come this hour, we are going to be uh, talking to the CEO of uh, Hawks Bay Rugby, Jay Campbell, about uh, locking the shield away for another year and who's going to take over the gig from Mark Ozich. But up next, Izzy's going to wrap domestic rugby for us. You can call anytime on Ken Artire 0800 150 or text, like Izzy said earlier, double eight double three. Who's the starting halfback for the All Blacks when we play Wales this weekend? Who do you want to see wearing that number nine jersey? Give us a text, double eight double three or 0800 150 811. It's 7.24, Ricardo Ball sitting in for Louis Herman Watt, who's taken the day. 
rest of us have to work, is he? How does that? How does that work? How does hyphen the uh, uh, the youngest member of the staff manage to get the? Uh, it's those oldies that need to sleep in, bro. Oh. <laughs> I wouldn't have a clue, mate. I, oh, I wouldn't have a clue. But hey, it's great to have you on the show, mate. I've been loving your work on the nights. So keep up the great work, brother. We got a text, have we? Yeah, we got a text, we got a text, mate. Yeah, Phil from Hastings. We got a text, mate. He says, "Hey, Izzy, has to be our Brad. Come on the bay." Yeah, Phil, he'll be very happy coming up too. I'm going to talk about the Hawks Bay side and Jay Campbell and the future of Hawks Bay rugby. Also want to know from you at home, who in the outside backs? Who do you see being the outside backs? Like it's it's after that performance from Enor and then you got Quintu Pae, you know, and then um, you got Rico Yuani, you got Will Jordan, George Bridge, you got Jordy Barrett, you got Damian McKenzie. Ah, man, the, like the endless options on the outside back. Who do we see being our outside backs going into Wales? It's going to be a tough ass over in Cardiff. So let us know on double eight, double three, who the outside backs are because, um, yeah, they've got a, a few tough choices there. But anyway, talking about some uh, Heartland, we're going to touch on the Heartland quickly. We love a little bit of Heartland. Buller v North Otago. Uh, North Otago getting up over Buller, 45-29. West Coast, East Coast, the battle of the coast. Uh, West Coast just getting up over East Coast. Jose Gear and Ma'a Nonu down there having another little slot for the East Coast side. So just falling short. And then we've got Horofanua Kapiti versus Teams Valley. Teams Valley, they've been going really good. They're undefeated. 28-11 over Horofanua Kapiti. And then King Country, the Bush. The Bush getting up over them. 24-12. Mid-Canterbury, Poverty Bay. That was a nail-biter there in Ashburton. 22-19 to Mid-Canterbury. And then we had South Canterbury's. Uh, CEO on last week, and he said it's going to be a tough battle. Well, they were too good for Whanganui, 28-14. So great performance there. Uh, talking about Hawks Bay, I was lucky enough to be in Hawks Bay on the weekend in that Ramfurly Shield match. It was a tough old slog in that first half, 14-12 halftime score. Hawks Bay were very, they were frustrated. They were frustrated by a, um, by a Waikato side. Waikato came with a great game plan. They kicked it high. They put a lot of pressure on. They made it contestable. They never gave Hawks Bay any opportunities to play their game. Hawks Bay traditionally score from from way out. They score some tries. They 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 tend to score tries without the ball. Forty percent position uh, possession. Forty percent territory. They score some long range tries. Second half they played a lot better. And what I loved about it was their signings. Their major signings for Moana Pacifica really stepping up. Lincoln McClutchy. For me, I, I spoke about it last week, uh, Ricardo, like how he was let go by the Hurricanes. We had him on, and he said that the Hurricanes never, ever gave me the communication. I was wow. just baffled me, mate. So yeah. he was uh, outstanding in that performance. And Nera Fumai as well, the uh, right winger, he was very, very good. And he's just signed for Moana Pacifica. Marino Michele too. Um, but there, Hawks Bay locking up the, the Ramfurly Shield, retaining it for another summer. And we're going to talk to Jay Campbell in a couple of minutes about... Hawks Bay, what are they going to do with the loss of Mark Ozich? But, mate, for me, that wasn't the match of, of, the, of the weekend. The match of the weekend was Friday night, Otago versus Canterbury. 22-20, Canterbury go down, mate. They go down against um, Otago. So Canterbury have lost their last three games. Wellington, 35-30. Hawks Bay at home, 45-26. And then they lost to Canterbury, 22-20. So I want to put the message out there. What is going on with Canterbury? I know Mark Brown and Ruben Thorne, they've got a 50% winning rate. Without the current situation, they could have most definitely been relegated, Mm. Ricardo. They could have been in a position to get relegated. 
But I have plenty we're playing Northland on the weekend. That obviously got postponed because of Sean Wainui. And, and I'll have to touch on that, how good were the tributes throughout the weekend for our great mate Sean Wainui. But without that, Bay of Plenty would have probably beat Northland. They probably would have got above um, uh, Canterbury. Canterbury. Auckland would have probably got, you know, won a few games as well. Canterbury would have been last, and they probably would have been in relegation territory. So what does this do for Mark Brown and Reuben Thorne? Give us a text if you're a Canterbury fan on, uh, on double eight double three. What do they need to do? Is it time? You know, is it, uh, uh, there's been a lot of questions um, thrown about Canterbury. They are a big powerhouse of, of the regional rugby, provincial rugby, and they've been... Haven't been great guns last couple of days, Ricardo. No, I'll tell you what, though. Uh, maybe this is playing to our Jay Campbell conversation. You might have to sign Josh Sims mm. up real quick because Canterbury might be looking for a new coach <laughs> next year, is he? Yeah, look, it's going to be... I know, um, yeah, that's that's the conversations, eh, with Jay because um, he's... Um, yeah, Josh Sims is going to be a wanted man and I know that there's been a lot of... Um, people that have been real keen to coach Hawks Bay. But, um, yeah, look, what's going to go on, go down at Canterbury? It's going to be fascinating to see what has, happens there because that's not there. They were up 17-0, mate. They were up 17-0 in that game, and they leaked it. Leaked. They got one penalty, and then they leaked 22 points. So, yeah, there's something happening. Damn, mate. Uh, Just yeah. as East Coast lo- uh, end their losing run, Canterbury star one, mate. You reckon we'll get 54 games oh. into that one? Oh. <laughs> no, no. Well, I just like, like, just like, you know, without the current situation, they could have been relegated. Yeah. Imagine that. Well, you never, ever thought you'd see Canterbury in second division. No, they, they only um, avoided relegation last season on the last super game, rugby didn't they? Players. Yeah. They got 13 Super Rugby players. Yeah, and they only just got out of it last game. Yeah, so, yeah. look, it's yeah, no. interesting. We've got a few texts anyway. We'll read them after. Yeah, sweet, <clears> man. <throat> uh, I was just going to say to Whanganui, after losing the South Canterbury, um, they are currently third on the Heartland on 20 points, right? But um, they play Thames Valley this weekend, their last round robin game, mate. They could miss out on the Lahore Shield altogether all because yeah. they're not going to make the Meads Cup. Are good. Yeah, Thames Valley are looking mm. real good. Uh, this is uh, Baz and Izzy for breakfast. Ricardo Ball uh, filling in uh, for Louis Herman Watt. It's time for the news with Trudy. Thanks to Kubota. Together we are shaping and building New Zealand. Cheers, Trudy. Of course, uh, time now for the Choices Flooring Floors for Living catalogue out now and their uh, Twitter poll. Uh, if you head to the uh, Baz and Izzy for Breakfast uh, Twitter account, you'll find uh, this question there for you. Which halfback should be running around in the number nine for the All Blacks against Wales? Let us know. Uh, is it going to be TJ Perinara? Is it going to be Brad Webber? Is he going to be back there? Or is it going to be Finlay Christie after his display against the United States? You can vote on that poll. We'll have uh, uh, the results of our uh, Choices Flooring poll for you at 8.30. And uh, is, if you were in charge of the ABs, who would you be putting in the number nine jersey for Wales? Go on. Oh. <laughs> um, look, that's, that's, yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting. If, if I was in charge... I'd probably I'd probably head to Brad Webber. Mm-hmm. I'd probably start Brad Webber, and I'll put TJ on the bench. I'll put TJ on the bench. Look, uh, Finlay has got a big future ahead of him. I just think that in critical times when when it, when they're under pressure, you need someone that's been there for seventy odd tests to to just really bring it home. And um, so for me, I'd give I'd give TJ the uh, chance off the bench, but I'd start Brad Webber. I think Brad Webber's Andy Ellis spoke about it. I touched it. I think his work around the park. His support play, he's very quick off the base of the ruck. He'll really pressure those uh, first and second defenders around the rucks. Um, 
Only thing I have questions about is, is his box game, but that, his boxing game. But that's come a long way over the last couple uh, couple of years as well. So I'd start Brad Webber, mate. What about you? Yeah, I, I think I'd do the same. I, I just, I don't know about you, but mm. uh, you know, um, TJ, he's been a great servant for the game. But he just looks like he's just a little bit short of gas now. There's been a few times um, mm. since I've seen him come back from Japan where he's been in space where you expect him to just go, and he would have done before, but he doesn't yeah. seem to have that ability now. So I, I just wonder whether or not you know he's coming to the end in an All Blacks jersey. Um, yeah, yeah, I can see where you come from. I, I, I don't know if he's yeah, I don't know if he's lost the pace, but one thing there's been question marks about Ricardo, I reckon, is his, his passing. Like mm. there was a few times on the weekend where it was just by the ankles, by their feet, you know, just a real. Kind of a wayward pass, and he, t- he tends to take that, ex- that extra step to get the ball away. Instead of just really, you've got Shannon Smith, he just gets rid of it straight away. Unless he was, takes that step, the only reason he'll take that step is to fixate, fix that um, first defender. Mm. And so um, for me, if he, he just needs to get rid of that ball and get that ball um, you know, in front of those attackers, and then that, that'll, he'll be fine in that sense. But yeah, no, I can see Brad Webber and then... TJ with that experience off the bench, giving him a chance. But if not, then that Finlay Christie, he looked great guns on the weekend. But you can't take too much about it. You, they were playing touch out there against the United <laughs> States Eagles. <laughs> they were, mate. They were actually on yeah. that. Because there was that, was it Braden Enel had a try that was disallowed? And it was because um, TJ, um, he he ditched a little pass off. But it was like watching, I don't know, Big Bill Belichick for, you know, uh, dishing the, uh, uh, to, to Le'Veon Bell. I mean, it was it was kind of, it was almost an NFL uh, pass off. I mean, it was a about three feet four. I don't know how he ever thought he was going to get oh. away with it. Did you Did you see them though? Did you see the video on Instagram? The boys were playing a bit of NFL during the week, and I don't know if you saw TJ playing basketball, but mate, he's actually play. He's pretty good at b-ball as well. So he's one of those guys that he'll try and be. He'll try and be the best at everything. He'll be the best at everything. So yeah, was it? Look, it'll be interesting to see where they go. Where they go in the halfback area, and the other one's the outside area. That's that's the big talking points I think for. For them, I think Richie Moanga um, did enough to to retain ten with with Baz off the bench. So, looking, I've got a few texts I'll get through here. Ricardo, Izzy, where'd you get your live score and updates for Heartland? Was looking everywhere later Saturday. So, you did, oh, I just go on the Bunnings uh, provincial site, Bunnings provincial NPC site. They've got all the updates. They, they're pretty good at that. Unless you go on to Yahoo, I think it is on my phone. You download Canterbury rugby scores. So you go Yahoo Sports. And they're pretty good with live updates. So that's for you, Richard. Got another text here. Izzy, another platinum final for our PSA World Tour. Paul Cole in Qatar over the weekend. Unfortunately, he went down in the finals for one of his best mates on tour, Peruvian Diego Elias. This was the first major final for the Peruvian. Knowing Paul, it wouldn't have been the result he was after, but his consistency on the tour is almost unmatched at the moment. I totally agree with that. Excited, Exciting times ahead for the West Coaster who at just 29, if, a bo- if his body allows, still has five to six years of playing squash at his peak. That is from Toddy, and he said also he's he's a mighty magpie supporter, but I totally agree with you, Toddy. Poor Cole, he's been there and thereabouts every single time he's he's taken the court, and we love him on the Baz and Izzy for breakfast show, so we'll get Colesy on in the next couple of days just to see how he's tracking over there uh, while he's touring. He's going great guns, uh Ricardo, he's been really, really impressive over the last couple. And I haven't watched huge amounts of uh, squash over the years, but since I started um, following Paul Cole and just getting a bit of an understanding of who he is, he's a champion bloke. And yeah, keeping up to date with the with the Paul Cole train 
as we say. So he's been he's been awesome. Paul Coltrane. Any relation to John Coltrane? Yeah. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> this is Baz and Izzy for breakfast. Uh, we are coming up uh, 22 away from eight. Up next, Jay Campbell, CEO of Hawks Bay Rugby, joins us. It's 17 away from eight here on SENZ. Baz and Izzy for breakfast. Ricardo Ball in for Louis Herman. What you can get us on the Kennard's Hire phone line, 0800 150 811. Uh, your thoughts on anything we talk this morning, and you can text us to 8833. Uh, tell us where you're listening to SENZ and what your name is as well. We want to know if uh, it was up to you. Who's starting in the nine jersey for the All Blacks this weekend against the Welsh? Izzy also wants to know... Uh, the outside backs, mate, um, the makeover, that's going to be mm. real interesting. I think it's going to be, what, Anton Leonard-Brown, Braden Enor, Rico, Will, Jordan, and and, um, and Barrett at the back, doesn't it? Mm. Geordie? Has to, has to. Wow, yeah. It's just, yeah, well, that's the thing. It's created that debate. Second five, does David Harvey come back in? Quintu Fire, Rico Ioane centre. Anton, has he done enough to get to start? It seemed like this competition in there is freakish. At the moment. So it's going to be interesting to see where they go. But right now, we're going to talk about Hawks Bay Rugby, the dynasty that has been has been forged and the mighty Hawks Bay. Locking the shield away for another summer after attaining it against Waikato. Big shoes need to be filled, though, as head coach Mark Ozich heads off to Perth to coach Western Force. And it's probably the most asked question to Jay Campbell right now. What's going to happen? And Jay will be sitting in his chair with his feet up because what a job he has right now looking after a union that has been so successful over the last couple of years. Jay Campbell joins us right now this morning. Good morning, Jay. Morning, Izzy. How are you, mate? I'm good, mate. How, how comfortable are you right now, mate? You got your feet up, you got a flat white in your hand from... You know, one of the one of the coffee places in Hawke's Bay. You must be feeling pretty chuffed right now. Oh, look, it's a good place to be. You know, look, um, you know, you, you touched on, uh, you know, the, the dynasty or whatever you were talking about earlier. But really, you know, these things don't happen overnight. And it has been, um, mm. it's been a, sort of four years in the making. So we're, we're slowly getting there. And, uh, yeah, look, retaining the shield for the summer, as you know, the Trezant in Hawke's Bay, um, the export, the exports yeah. of the team of the sixties, you know, it's spoken, it's spoken about in sort of mythical type status. So to be able to to start uh, winning and retaining the shield for a couple of years, mate, yeah, she certainly makes Major Hay Monday a beautiful day here in the bay. <laughs> mate, I want to talk about you. You've come in, you've taken over from Mike Bishop. He had a long time in the in the driver's seat, but you've come in, you've added your own little touches. What have you done, mate? What have you done in the last couple of years to be able to create an environment, a culture, you know, a union that has has so much success right now? You know, I guess the first thing is getting the right people in the right places. So, you know, master stroke by getting um, Mark Ozich and and Josh Sims on board. They're they're outstanding, outstanding humans, but they're also very, very good in creating a culture. in, in the team setting of just allowing guys to play with each other, but also putting in a really good game plan that works. But probably more so, we, we tried to we tried to reconnect with our community. Um, so we did that on a number of fronts. Uh, we've tried really, really at best of times to try and re- recruit from within, 
uh, our first yep. instance is to try and get guys via our, via our school systems. And probably an example of that, of that is we've got 26 of this year's squad that are selected from across five schools in Hawke's Bay. Um, Napier and Hastings Boys, obviously the, the big two, but also your old school, Hizzy's Farm with a couple and St John's with a couple and, and Namakahi Park from Southie. So that's the first bit. That, that gets the connection. Um, then bringing in... Mm people where the gaps and I think both of these coaches have proved that they're outstanding selectors and getting good men yeah. who want to buy into what we're doing and we're just trying to get a connection also with every part of our business so that everybody kind of feels part of what we're doing so um, yeah look it's been a it's been a rough journey as you know it's it's not always beers and skittles and, and there's been a few tough times but you've got to ride through that and you know we're starting to see the, mm. the fruits of, of that labour and getting some success which is which is nice. Uh, Jay Campbell, uh, Hawks Bay Rugby CEO, uh, with us here on Baz and Izzy for breakfast. Uh, Ricardo here, Jay, mate. Uh, is it as easy as just saying, "All right, Josh, you've got the head coach's job now that Mark's off," or, or does there have to be uh, an open forum and and get those sort of, I guess, applications coming in? Yeah, look, we've decided to go to the market, and that's certainly nothing gets Josh. And I'll, I'll come on to that in a minute, but I, I think that. Um, we're just going out to, to see what's what's around. Um, look, the, if we go if we go to Oz, I think, and I've, I think I've been on record to say before, I think it was simply a matter of time before um, Oz's outstanding credentials were picked mm. up. And um, it's bloody difficult, you know. It's quite a it's a bittersweet, really, because um, he's been an outstanding coach. You know, all said and done, in, in a number of years, he'll he'll go down as potentially one of Hawks Bay's greatest and certainly one of the most successful coaches. So, you know, from, from that end, bloody difficult for us. Um, so we've decided to, to go and, and test the market and, and see what's floating around. But I also think what it does do is if, if Josh is a successful candidate, it means that he's, he's earned it by right. He's earned it by being the best available. And I think that will also give him the confidence then to stamp his mark on the side if he's a successful person. So, look, I think the process we're doing is really sound. We've we've had some really good candidates. Um, we're shortlisting this week and, and, and then interviewing, and we'll be able to make a decision in the next couple of weeks. But um, yeah, look, I think we're very very fortunate. We've got an outstanding forwards coach in, in Josh. Um, yeah. You know, I think the backs they take all the glory, as as you'll know. And, and this team's sort of starting to you know show that we're always back scoring these tries, but. You know, the, the forwards that we've got on this side, they're, they're very unheralded. You know, you take the likes of uh, oh, yeah. Jason Long, Namatahiwa, our two locks, Parsons and Kruger, who are just going gangbusters, Josh Kaiser. These guys, that, you know, that they're not on they're not on super rugby radars. I'm not sure why. But Josh has been able yeah. to, to, to mould that pack. And I think each game, everybody talks about the fact that the pack's going to struggle and they, mm-hmm. and they find ways to do it. So... Yeah, look, we're in a really good place in terms of coaching and, um, you know, while we're gutted to lose Oz, he goes with our blessing because he's a, he's a walk to go man through and through now and I'm pretty sure um, if he's not already in New Zealand, should be looking to um, make sure that when his next move after he needs the forces back in New Zealand because he's, uh, he's a coach on the rise in my opinion. Nice, mate. I'm going to ask it now. I'm going to ask this question because you've brought it up why certain players aren't being picked up in Super Rugby. And something I spoke about last week with Lincoln McClutchy, Garnham Wider Pacifica. Is there a fractured relationship between Hawks Bay and the Hurricanes? 
Oh no! Look, I, I get on really well with with Evan Lee, the the, the CE, and um, you know we we have a yeah we, we have a pretty good relationship in terms of uh, the things that are happening. Oh, look, mm. it, it, and you'll know even back when you were playing, Izzy, we just don't seem to get the don't seem to get the bounce of the ball or the, or the the rub of the green mm. or the love for, from the Canes when it comes to selection. I certainly don't think it's anything yeah. that's um that, that, that that's overt. Um, maybe it's timing. Maybe it's you know, we are geographically removed. We're four hours up the road. I'm not sure. But um, I think that the one thing that all our guys keep, keep well, can do is just keep playing well and putting putting in um, bodies of work and performances that that deserve recognition. And yeah. the fact that Moana Pacifica is now set up as allowing some of our guys who potentially may have left the Brochures offshore will now be able to um, yeah. pick up a super gig, and I think it's fantastic. And you touched on Lincoln, really proud of Lincoln. He's um, he's a great kid who's, who I believe is, mm. has been deserving of super rugby for a couple of years. So for him to be able to um, nail that down, you only have to look at how confident yeah. he is at the moment and how well he's playing to know that he's certainly you know, one of the fourth teams in the country. Yeah, nice. Thanks so much for your time, Jay Campbell. I'm sure whoever comes in and coaches the Hawks face guy, they're going to they're do great guns. So, well done, mate. As an old player, I'm very, very proud to to be an old Hawks Bay Magpies man. And uh, keep up the great work, Jay Campbell, who is the CEO of Hawks Bay Rugby. Thanks, bud. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Jess, thank you. Uh, it is eight away from eight. Our Kennard's higher phone line is 0800 150 811 and our text number is 8833. What did you think of what Jay had to say? What Izzy asked him about the Canes as well. want to hear from you next. Yeah, a couple of minutes away from eight, the Kennard's higher phone line 0800 150 811 and you can text us on 8833 as well. Remember to tell us where you're listening to SENZ and uh, what your name is so we can give you a shout-out. Yeah, mate, Jim and Tamuka, he's very happy with his green and blacks. They gave Whanganui, the butcher boys, an absolute hiding over the weekend. So, Jim, he's very, very happy. We've got another text message here. Good morning. I got up Sunday morning, watched the All Blacks vs. USA game. It was cricket score. That is from Michael in Wellington. So, yep, keep the texts coming in. Also got one from Phil. Hey, guys, the Tribe app. The Tribe app has all updates for Heartland Rugby. In fact, just about every competition in the world is from Phil and Hastings. So the Tribe app. We've also got another text message here from an unknown texter. Leave your name and number. Uh, Ricardo, got another text here. Will Jordan Severis, Geordie Barrett. There you go. Yeah. There's a little outside back little combination for you, mate. Well, I don't know that you can put the best All Blacks team together and not have Rico Iwani on the left wing. He is our best left wing. I think, rather than having yeah, two right wingers and playing know, one on the left, you know what I mean? Yeah, like that's that's what I mean. Like they've got some, they've got to make some decisions. Is he going to be playing centre and Anton at twelve, or is Anton going to the bench and K came on and, and played well on the weekend? Like Enor, he can play both positions. Well, man, I'd hate to be the selector, but that's my. I'd pro- if I was going to pick one, I'd go Geordie Barrett. I'd go Will Jordan has to be there for me, and then either Rico or Seve on the left. All right, that sounds good. Hey, listen, if you're still, I don't know about you, is he still craving that McCafe coffee? Hopefully we can grab one of those soon. And uh, Trudy is here now with the news. Thanks to Kubota, together we are shaping and building New Zealand. The Chemist Warehouse Labor Day sale is on now. Get 10% off store-wide. Hurry in. Sale ends Wednesday. This is Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SCNZ.
Good morning. You're listening to Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SENZ. It's Monday, the 25th of October. It's just after 8 o'clock here on the Baz and Izzy for breakfast. Baz McCullum will be back tomorrow. He just texts me before he's up in the air, so he must have Wi-Fi on the plane. That's what happens when you turn left or you private, you're flying a private jet. Anyway, he's got Wi-Fi in the air. He's flicked me a message and he's doing all right. Ah, lucky for some Baz McCullum. Can't wait to have you back, Skip. It's been a while. I forgot what you look like. Forgot what you sound like, mate. And you're coming home millions richer. How good. Can't wait to see you, mate. <laughs> we got Ricardo Ball with us this morning. He's been great guns. He's been great on the uh, the night shows as well, Ricardo. So keep up the great work. Anyway, we've had a good show this morning. We've spoken to Jay Campbell. Jay Campbell is the Hawks Bay Rugby CEO about uh, Mark Ozich. And he said they've shortlisted... I've got a short list coming out later this week of potential coaches filling Mark Ozich as he heads off to Western Force. Jay Campbell, I asked him the question, is the Hurricanes and Hawks Bay Rugby's relationship fractured? You have to go listen to that podcast on the Baz and Izzy for breakfast. Download the SENZ app and you'll get his answer. It was a great answer, actually, so make sure you go check that out. Coming up, we also spoke to Andy Ellis. Andy Ellis is over in D.C. He's currently based in New York, playing for Runny Rugby side. Runny Rugby United <laughs> New York? No, don't change that. Don't change it. United Rugby. <laughs> oh, he was good, old Andy. He's always very insightful, and he loves having a, a good old time. So, yeah, he spoke about that Hawks, babe, uh, that All Blacks performance, 104-14 win over the American side. And he just, uh, he actually touched on it. It was good. Conversation. He said maybe they need to get a director rugby, Wayne Smith and Co, mm-hmm. over there to get them going because at the moment they're not playing the way they should. And uh, also later in the show we're going to talk to jockey Noel Harris about uh, the 2007 Everswindale Cup win in Christchurch. It's 14 days till Christchurch Cup, and we're going to count down each winner leading up to those 14 days starting this afternoon soon. 2007, Everswindale by Noel Harris. He's going to join us. But now it's time for T20 cricket. The World Cup has started over the weekend. England smoking the West Indies. The Black Caps campaign starts on Wednesday morning against Pakistan. Against Pakistan. Mitchell McLennigan is a former Black Cap who played 48 ODIs, 29 T20s for New Zealand. He's a quick bowler, uncompromising, rips it down on the hated to face them. And uh, he's going to join us this morning to preview the upcoming World Cup for the Black Caps. Good morning, Mitchell. G'day, mate. What a privilege. Thanks for having me. Oh, mate. How are you, bud? How are you doing? Yeah, good. I heard some stories of you running at the Cornwall Necks and bare feet, mate, charging in, bowling 140. So, wouldn't have wanted to face you either, I don't think. <laughs> no, nah, man, that was just yard. Nah, that was true, though, because I, I couldn't afford shoes. So I had to roll bowling something. Yeah, I was bowling in bare feet, ripped my feet up, and it was a shambles. But anyway, mate, what about yourself? What have you been up to, man? Uh, mate, just stuck at home. Um, trying to uh, get the gyms up and running. Um, running some boot camps yep. with our F45s. It's been pretty tough work, mate. Um, but enjoying the start of the World Cup. It's kind of something to take the mind off things that are. Uh, a bit of a struggle in life at the moment, mate. Yeah, nice. Let's talk about the T20 World Cup. Obviously, uh, England giving West Indies a hide in Pakistan, beating India this morning. India 
haven't gone great guns in the T20 format, but let's talk about the Black Caps starting on Wednesday. What, what's your what's your take leading into this game, mate? They don't have a uh, you can't take too much out of the practice matches. Obviously, going down twice. But what's your preview and what's your take leading into Pakistan, mate? Oh, well, the warm-up's classic Aussies in the opening batsman at nine to win the game off the last couple of balls, so you can write that off. <laughs> that was stinks. Yeah. yeah, that was shocking from them. Good sportsmanship, as usual. Um, but, uh, look, hey, I, it would have been... It would have been... <laughs> it would have been great if uh, um, Pakistan actually lost this game. Would have loved for... I think most people thought India were going to be the favourites, and it would have been nice if... Pakistan were coming into this game having to win it to stay alive in the tournament. And, mate, they're real front runners. You know, you've played against those footy sides who they get up early mm. and you just can't stop them. They roll over you. And that's exactly what Pakistan are. They're very emotional and um, emotionally charged game tonight. And I think it's going to be even more so. If you, if you go back to everyone's Twitter feed after New Zealand pulling out after uh, from that Pakistan tour, yeah. I think we are enemy number one in Pakistan. So... Yeah, I think we've surpassed India. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's good reading. Um, but it's not what we wanted then coming in off a really nice win against India. Uh, Mitch Ricardo here. Uh, but it's, yeah, I mean, that, I, I didn't see that coming. The first time Pakistan have ever beaten India in a World Cup, which is which is a remarkable record. Um, but, of course, as you mentioned, we've got to play them first up on Wednesday for us. Uh, it almost feels like this is better for us, isn't it? Because if they'd lost this, they were in must-win territory. No, mate, they ride, they ride on highs and lows. They've got huge swings in their team. Like, that's just their culture. Like, they ride on everything. So, like, it's one of those things. It's like the governor wants to get started. Like, they'll be, they'll be super high after this. I think it's going to be super important that, like we saw today when Shaheen Afridi kind of knocked over the opening batsman, we're going to have to do that to the end to try and, like, stop this momentum. I just know these guys, and I've played with them, and, and I've been around their culture quite a bit, that they'll be fizzing, and they'll just feel like they're just going to absolutely walk all over us, and they're going to want to as well. Yeah, particularly after uh, we didn't play a game up in Pakistan. Hey, um, we saw the Windies roll by uh, roll by the Palms for 55 the other day, and the Dutch got rolled by uh, the Sri Lankans for 44 as well. Do you put that down to um, something going on with the pitches up there, or is it just rubbish batting? <laughs> I'll tell you what, I mean, the West Indies were one of the favourites going into this tournament, so we're India, and they've both gone down in the first game. Obviously, India not as bad. Uh, the West Indies um, have loaded their batting lineup. You saw Andre Russell coming in at nine, I think, um, maybe even eight. Um, just something like that coming in at eight. I think they've just got the mentality of, like, we're great individual players, and we're just all going to go out there and blaze it. And I think that's kind of the way, um, on the as we started our cricket and turned turned our stuff around um, when he took over the leadership was based around going out and have that fearless game of cricket and sometimes you get bowled out for 60 or 70 but the rest of the time you're going to score 250 um, so I think that's going to be their mentality in, in this campaign and geez, they're going to have to win a couple of games by a big margin to, to work out that net run rate after that loss Actually about the, the IPL and the, and the UAE from my understanding from watching it I've got to understand that, that slow bowlers, spin bowling is going to be a big factor in these conditions. Can you see Todd Astle and Ish Sodi having a, having a big influence when you go into this black cap side? And what was your take from the conditions over in the UAE? Um, look, um, initially when I saw the squad, I thought they probably had the options 
with maybe a Mark Chapman to bowl a couple overs, maybe Glenn Phillips to bowl a couple mm. overs. Um, I thought they would have maybe included someone like an Adam Milne um, instead of a Todd Astle. It never really kind of came into my reckoning around the team and selections and that kind of stuff. So I guess I guess that the fact that they didn't include someone like Milne and took that extra spin, that they must have a plan to play him in somebody like Sharjah. We might see him rolled out tomorrow. But the wicket today in that Sri Lankan-Bangladesh game was a belter of a wicket. Uh, 170 was not even close to being enough. Um, during the IPL, it was low scoring, but the boundaries are so small there that um, you know, if the wicket doesn't turn as much as you think it's going to, it's a real run fest. Oh, nice, mate. Nice. Um, and and what else in this competition? Who else do you see being the front runners? Oh, you can't understand. I've just lost Ricardo here. I can't see who's going to ask the next question because I'm based in Christchurch. He's up in Auckland. But, mate, leading into this uh, competition, you've got the Black Caps. Uh, they've been on going great guns over the last couple of years. You've got India. They've been there or thereabouts. Who else can you see being the uh, favourites leading into this competition? Well, it's so hard to, to pick out of um, that pool of death. Um, I think, obviously, um, India, uh, sorry, England um, are probably going to be big-time favourites, particularly after the way they started the other night. Um, it'll be hard for them to be beaten now. They've... Um, got such a good high net run rate, even if they're equal on points with someone. Um, I can't see them dropping too many games from here, to be honest. I think they're probably big-time favourites. India are going to have to do a lot. Um, hopefully, um, New Zealand can get up over Pakistan. If they can't, it's just going to be a, a one-off against India to see who goes through, in my opinion. Um, mm. But the real dark horse, if you wanted to take a punt on someone getting through to the semi-finals um, from the outside, is probably Afghanistan. Um, they've got some pretty Ooh. destructive players and a lot of experience um, and they're in the weaker pools so they could really dominate sides like Scotland and Namibia to get a good net run rate and if they pick up a game against either Russ or Pakistan then they're right in the reckoning to push for their semis and then once once they get to the semis it could be all on. How much um, of a fly in the ointment for the ICC would it be mate if uh, India don't make the knockout stages here? Uh, yeah, I think it's uh, they kind of bank on them being there and and and, and all that. Um, look, I, I don't think it's going to be too too much of a factor. I think I think the top four teams from each pool are going to be they're going to be absolute gangbusters semi-finals. Um, so I think we're going to see some great cricket anyway. Um, I think now that they've dropped the game. Um, each of those Indian games are going to have even more scrutiny from now on and, and more attention. So it probably brings, brings a big audience into those games going forward because they're all must-win for them, yeah? Hey, man, I want to ask you about the format, the format of, of cricket at the moment. We've got ODIs, we've got T20, we've got test matches. I feel like, of as of late, T20s has, is probably the premier format and it's probably got a, the most exposure ar- around the world with... Yeah, the hype with the IPL. Now you've got the T20 World Cup happening at the moment. Most nations play a bit of T20. Do you, still, do you see this format as the premier format for cricket? I think they've, they've brought in a test championship to try and negate how much momentum yeah. the T20s were getting. Um, I mm. think it's uh, the T20s just is such a great entry level for all countries to come in and compete. You've seen like Namibia and in Scotland and the likes, they'll be a, they'll be competitive throughout this tournament um, at the Super 12 um, stage as well. 
think it's just a really nice opportunity for people around the world to express themselves. Obviously, the shorter format, um, the, sh- the smaller the skill gap can be because one or two people can win you a game. Um, mate, I, I love it. I think it's got a lot of people into cricket. Um, a lot of diehard fans kind of rack it off, but um, it brings in the money. Um, and that's what's keeping our sport and our, our community sport going, in New Zealand in particular. Um, white ball cricket is what pays the bills. It's not test cricket. So um, people need to remember that as well going forward. So getting behind it because uh, it's here to stay. And I'll tell you what, format's only good is uh, the T10, mate. That T10 is absolutely outstanding. Yeah. They get like three or four of those games in a day and you can go and see, rather than just going to the game, and it's like, like last night's game where Roa gets our first ball. Um, instead of just seeing one game and not seeing a star player bat and score runs, you see three, four different games in, in the same space of a T20. Mm. Uh, you get to see all the superstars roll out game after game, so it's all over in a week as well. So those are, I think that's the way going forward, and I think they were talking about maybe introducing that into the Commonwealth Games at some point. Wow. Wow. I, mean, mm. I, I wonder how many uh, short formats we need with the Poms doing the 100 and everything as well, Mitch. Hey, um, <laughs> you also mentioned uh, in our pool, we, you know, due to an upset, we've got Scotland and Namibia. I think the ICC, in all good faith, thought they'd see Sri Lanka in one pool and Bangladesh in the other. But they've ended up in the same pool now with the Windies, the Poms, the Aussies and the Saffirs. What do you think that means for that group? Um. I mean, it's just, I think the teams that will come out of that group, um, the two teams that come out of there, I think, will win the comp, um, just purely based on hard cricket. Um, you, you think, I, I don't know if it's the case with any of the teams, they might run Namibia and Scotland the last two games and then come up against England in the semi-finals. It's not great preparation. It's like the All Blacks running against, out, out against the US before a World Cup semi-final. It's probably not the best thing you want to want to do before a crunch match. So, um, you know, I think the I think the winner will come from that side of the pool. Hey, cheers, Mitch. Thanks very much for coming on, mate. I know you've been doing the hard yards. You were on uh, Sky TV with, TV with uh, Laura McGoldrick earlier, looking looking dapper, I might say, mate, in your blue and white check shirt. So I know you've been at it this morning, mate. Really appreciate your time. Yeah, beauty. I need to work on that lockdown tan as well. Cheers, <laughs> boys. Take it easy. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, cheers, Mitch. Lead. Mitch McLennigan there with our um, cafe catch-up. Um, always, always good to ch- chat to, uh, uh, cricket with uh, old Sav. Isn't it, is he? It is, mate. It is. I love watching him, mate. He was very passionate. He used to be an angry bowler, eh? Every time he used to bowl, <laughs> he'd want to take someone's head off, mate. I used to love his passion. And his uh, aggressive, aggressive nature when he used to play. So, uh, thanks so much to Mitch McLennigan. I'm, look, I'm looking forward to Wednesday and, and his one about Afghanistan. Yeah. Afghanistan playing Scotland first up, so they should get past them pretty easily. Uh, but them being the dark horse with, um, within the World Cup, maybe potentially pushing to the semi-final. I'm going to watch them with interest. He even said put a punt on them. I'm going to go have a look on the tab and see what they're playing. All right, we'll let, we'll let, we'll let Izzy go do that. Actually, while you're doing that, we'll um, we'll get Paul Mawadi sorted because he's going to join us shortly uh, to have a look at what's coming up uh, today in, uh, in in punting action. Now, you're listening to Baz and Izzy for breakfast. Thanks to Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. You can get hold of us 0800 150 811 or text us double eight double three. Let us know where you're listening to SENZ and what your name is so we can give you a shout-out as well. We'll be back with Paul Mawadi from the TAB after this.
Yeah, it's 8.24, Ricardo Ball in for Louis Herman Watt today. Uh, the Kennard Tire line, 0800 150 811. You can uh, call us anytime there or text us on double eight double three. Uh, Izzy, uh, I know it was a rough weekend on the punt for you, mate. Um, how, how you, <laughs> have you got anything lined up to uh, to fill the beer fridge this week? Ah, uh, look, it's it's going to be a tough week because I'm currently watching my Carolina Panthers. They are down 12-3 to the New York Giants. The New York Giants are hopeless. They are 1-5. So, nah, you, you just don't come with me, mate. Just don't follow me on the punt because I had a punt on the weekend like I spoke about. And the TAB and Paul Moati gave me a hiding. So Paul Moati is going to be full of himself this morning. And I can't wait to chat to you, Paul Moati. How are you, mate? Morning, Izzy. How are you, man? And Ricardo, great. To, I'm surprised that Ricardo's here after Liverpool scored an unconverted try against Man U this morning. Wow, <laughs> mate. I was I was I was locked in before oh. kickoff, to be honest. So I was I was listening to uh, to the to the football on the SENZ app on the drive in, so I could get the first half. And we were a goal goal down when I got out of the car, got into the got into the studio, and we were two goals down. I was like. You know what? I'm quite glad I'm not at home watching this. I'm glad I'm up for something else and I can pretend I'm working and ignore every message I get on social media. Well, um, I can tell you that there are a lot of punters who did make a bit of money on the weekend and it was on uh, a lot of players scoring quite a few tries. Uh, The All Blacks uh, uh, USA match, we got absolutely smashed. Um, The points start... I'm just having a look at some of the big bets there. Uh, there was an $8,000 bet on the, the All Blacks minus 84 and a half. Yeah. Uh, that, that came in. There was a $3,000 bet on the USA plus 91 and a half. Um, where else are we going? Another $3,000 bet on the All Blacks minus 85 and a half. Uh, we had a number of power plays on that match as well. One of the most popular, unfortunately, was Bowden Barrett, TJ Perinara, and Dane Coles all to score a try. That was paying $9, very well supported by punters there. So um, punters certainly made a bit of money on the All Blacks match Sunday morning, which that is good. That came in too. What was that paying? $9 for all those three to score a try. and. Wow, I seen that and I said, no way. No way they're coming off the... They did. I took, I took Paul Mwari, I took George Bridge and Will Jordan to get five tries combined for five bucks. I took that one and Will Jordan got three and my old brother didn't go nothing. <laughs> George Bridge owes you a beer then when he gets back, is he? Because oh. uh, Will Jordan certainly did his part. He, um, he had a fantastic mm. game. Um, on the other side of things, uh, the big group one on Saturday over at the Valley, the Cox yeah. Plate, uh, a lot of punters, very, very keen on Very Elegant. Uh, we took a number of significant bets on Very Elegant. Uh, unfortunately, couldn't get the job done. Uh, so we, we, we did make a little bit of money on the Cox Plate, but I'll tell you what, punters cleaned up on the All Blacks USA match. Yeah, mate. You, you obviously you heard our power play. Me and Louis picked the power play. So after Zaki got scratched in there, I thought our power play is well and truly going to come in. So we had very elegant to win, and then we had Cool Sign Mayor top five. So there was only eight horses after two horses got scratched. So I thought we we're well and home. That was thirty-one bucks you gave us too. Generous from the TAB. I never thought I'd hear it ever 
But he gave us 31 bucks. Maybe you're a little bit scared, a little bit? Uh, uh, we were, uh, to be fair, because they got crunched into around $14. <laughs> there, there were a few punters that jumped on. Um, so, yeah, that $31 came in uh, and I think closed at around 40 uh, at $14. Uh, but in the end, uh, yeah. what was it? The uh, state arrest who um, had to, yeah. we had to wait a while after the race in the inquiry room. Um, and I'm sure there are a number of punters who are on animo. Um, but in the end, state of the rest, uh, state arrest, uh, got up and won the Cox Plate. I'm just having a look around today. We've got a bonus back promotion on the Seattle Seahawks New Orleans Saints uh, NFL match mm. later on this afternoon. Of course, the Seahawks without Russell Wilson, uh, they're significant underdogs at home. Two sixty-five head to head, a dollar forty-three. The New Orleans Saints to win that game. Uh, also, got we've got a race meeting at uh, Tarapa today. And we've got a bonus back promotion on the first two races uh, at Tarapa, and there's a $30,000 guaranteed late quaddy at Tarapa as well. That starts on race five, which looks like it's 2.52 that starts this afternoon. Uh, and we've also got a $20,000 uh, guaranteed terminating uh, pick six at the Ashburton Harness. So plenty for punters to get on today. Oh, beautiful, beautiful, Paulie Moati. Thank you so much. We just had Mitchell McLennigan on, and he he said Afghanistan. Afghanistan might be the underdogs in this T20 World Cup. They're paying thirty-one bucks, mate. So watch out for a wee pun on that throughout the day. Yeah, yeah. Good well, luck, mate. Yeah, I'll keep an eye. Okay, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers, brother. Oh, there we go. Yeah, yeah is he uh, once again the philanthropist donating money to the TAB? Um, yeah, <laughs> promotions in play and hundreds of sports <laughs> markets to choose from. Visit tab.co.nz. Please gamble responsibly. Is he R eighteen? Yes. Uh, <laughs> get amongst it though. There's some uh, some great options there, mate. Uh, here's a question for you, is he? The Giants are fifteen three up against your Panthers now. Panthers were three and zero. Now they're three and three, going to be three and four. Who's going to have the longest losing streak? The Canterbury NPC team or the Panthers? <laughs> Canterbury, Canterbury <laughs> NPC team, mate. <laughs> He's hoping. He's hoping. Uh, it's yeah. time for news with Trudy. Thanks to Kubota. Together we are shaping and building New Zealand. Thanks, Trudy. It is 28 away from nine here on SENZ Breakfast. Uh, Baz and Izzy Ricardo in for Louis Herman Watts. And, uh, of course, the uh, Choices Flooring Poll, uh, we've put it up on Baz and Izzy's for Breakfast uh, Twitter page, which is at SENZ Breakfast. Which halfback should be running around in the number nine for the All Blacks against Wales? Uh, the options, Finlay Christie, TJ Perinara, Brad Weber. 46 votes so far. Brad Weber, 58.7% of the vote. Finlay Christie second, 26.1% of the vote. And old mate TJ, 15.2% of the vote, is he? Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. Like everyone's going towards Brad Weber and uh, Jim Tamuka. He's come on and said Weber to start, Christie to finish. TJ, well, father time has caught up with him. That is from Jim Tam- and Tamuka there. So, look, yeah, they've got some interesting um, decisions they're going to make. I can understand... W- yeah, why people want Brad Weber? Like his game has gone to another level the last couple of years. I think his speed around the ruck, what I spoke about, his decision making out there, and um, he's been going going great guns, putting a lot of pressure on him. It just showcases how Aaron, how good Aaron Smith is, eh? Mm, yeah. How good is Aaron Smith with his ability to pass quick, 
get into positions, clear the ball so good um, around the rucks. He can actually attack around the rucks. So, yeah, we're very lucky and very blessed in this country, and they've got to make some big decisions over there in, uh, in Cardiff, Wales. Do you reckon uh, TJ should have taken the money on offer from uh, uh, the Roosters, mate, and gone to league? <laughs> um, nah, 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 nah. I, nah. I want my mate here. He's, he's a good man. Nah, look up. I don't know. Look, knowing TJ and how competitive I spoke about it, like he just thinks he can he can be the best in the world at everything. I can picture him going to league and playing particularly well, especially in the hooker role over there. He's very fit. He's very physical in the tackle area. Like you watch him, he puts in some monstrous uh, monstrous hits over there. So I could have seen him transitioning into league quite easily. Um, but I reckon he's still got a lot to offer here in in rugby and. and um, I know Japan, when he went to Japan, he went great guns over there. So if he is going to go and get an opportunity overseas, it'll be in Japan because I know he turned the uh, the Red Hurricanes around. They were one of the bottom sides over there. actually competed in the, in, the, in the playoffs towards the end of the year, and that was because of him as well. So um, I can see him heading over to Japan if it doesn't work out here. Yeah, yeah. I, I talked to his coach up at um, the Hurricanes actually a couple of weeks ago on the night show, and he just raved mm. about how good TJ was with the local players. Uh, and the amount yeah. of time he took out of his time to put into their into their game to improving the guys around him, uh, which was uh, which was really interesting to hear. Hey, um, I've got to ask you, Izzy, did you ever get the uh, the old NRL check flashed at you any point in your career? <laughs> um, I, I, yeah, I got asked this a couple of months ago actually, and yeah, I did. I I had one from Roosters. It wasn't a check. It was a bit more of a. I was only a young kid. I think I was like nineteen. I was walking playing golf with my agent at the time, Simon Porter in Hawke's Bay there, and I was walking the fairways, he said, the Roosters are, kick, are keen, the Roosters are keen for you to go over and have a like a player development kind of contract, to go over and give it a crack, and I said, oh yeah, he keen, I was like, man, that's pretty awesome, I was thinking about it, and the more I walked the fairways, I said, nah, because I never played league growing up, I never had any interest in play league, I was more union, um, so it, was, it would have been a huge risk for me, mm. I, I, I have thought about the positives it would have done for my game. I think defensively, that game would have um, would have done wonders for me defensively and then defensive end and being a fullback, you know, hang, hanging out with Anthony Minicello at the back there, like that would have been unreal to, le- to learn <laughs> off old old mini there. So that would have been that would have been one of the highlights. But um, no, I made the decision to stick around and and not give it a crack, not pursue it, and uh, yeah, happy with the decision in the end. Yeah, played out all right, mate. Played out all right. You can't complain at that <laughs> at all. Hey, uh, coming up on the show, uh, we're going to be hearing from uh, Noel Harris. 14 years ago, he rode the winner of the uh, Addington Cup, the New Zealand Cup, and we are 14 days out, uh, of course, we as we count yep. down to it. So uh, Noel's going to join us next. It's Baz and Izzy for breakfast. 18 away from nine. Ricardo Ball in for Louis Herman. What Coming up on the show, we're going to catch up with Ian Smith before he goes to air at nine o'clock. And up next, it is a four-time winner of the New Zealand Cup, Noel Harris. Stars of the turf. But it's up, up to Yark, our shark. Champions of the track. He's the best in the land. Sunday's son won it. The best to ever pace. And once again, Lazarus has arisen. And the calls will never forget. He's an equine masterpiece. He's fearless. This is Baz and Izzy's New Zealand Cup Week Countdown. Oh, how good. That little track is excited. That was a crusader's backtrack. I love it. I love it. Christchurch Cup Week. 
Weekend is coming up two weeks away. No crowds. Boo! But that's okay. That's okay. We can still watch it on TV and have a wee shindig at home. How good. 14 days till we get into our New Zealand Cup week and 14 New Zealand Galloping Cups ago. It was Noel Harris riding Everswindale for John Sargent as he won his fourth and last NZ Cup at Rickerton. Just like the superstar rowing sisters, this mare could stay all day. The New Zealand Cup is crowing jewel of her career performing a many staying events. Noel Harris himself, well, we always all remember his career, riding until the tender age of 60, amassing well over 2,000 wins at home in NZ and many, many more offshore. He is always considered one of the most talented horsemen in the country, and as he did so well in 27, 2007, he rode the Cup's distance as well as anyone. Noel these days is a national riding mentor for North Island, helping young jockeys find their way and perform to their peak. Good morning, Noel. Morning, Izzy. Uh, thank you for those kind words. Thank you. Mate, I'm a big fan of your son. If I see a horse, Troy Harris, and he's on it, I'll pick it all day. So, mate, congratulations on a very successful career. I must say, um, you read those stats, over 2,000 wins. You rode till you're 60 years old. Many, many Group 1 wins here and abroad. Does it feel like 14 Cups ago, mate? Yeah, well, as I said, it's coming up seven <laughs> years since I've been mentoring. I, I had my last ride at Tiaroa. Um, mm. And then the next, that was on the Saturday. On the Monday, I, they asked me to start working for NZTR with these apprentices, and it's been seven, coming up seven years. So, yeah, time flies, actually. But um, I was just saying to my wife the other day, if they had the old lead ponies like they do in America, I might be still riding. <laughs> <laughs> Are you missing it, mate? Not, Are you missing not, it? Like, what, what was it like? No, when you not came really. Up, mate? I, was it... I, I, I actually, because um, I was going to get out of racing altogether, but my wife talked me into doing the mentoring, and I'm pleased I did because it yeah. sort of kept me in touch with a lot of the boys and the camaraderie. And um, it's racing once it's in your blood; it's hard to get away from. But as far as the riding, I, I, I went long enough to. I was actually not sick of it, but I'd had enough, you know, and um, yeah, it's sort of every year I was going to give up and uh, I'd come out and, I'd, you know, I had to win a listed or a group race, otherwise I was disappointed. But when I say disappointed, that's was the expectation I sort of put on myself. But, um, yeah, I was, as I said, every year I said, this is it, this is it. But, um, and I was lucky enough to get on a good horse every year to keep me going, so... That was the bonus. Um, but as you said, once it's etched and yeah, it's hard to get out of, you know. Well, it's 14 years, mate, since you rode there in 2007. Mm. Ever Swindell down here in Christchurch. He's down Cup Week, mate. What can you remember? What can you remember? Oh, she was a great mare. Um, she she took a time, bit of time to come to it. But as I said, when I was about 1990, I was, I was actually... Um, I was not down in the dumps, but I was just at that stage where I feel I'd give the riding game away. You know, I was wasting hard and just going through one of those bad patches. And um, I've come out and rode in the first Wellington, I'm sorry, New Zealand Cup. And since then, I've ridden four. And um, it's just mm. funny how some races can elude you and others that, you know, you can, um, like with Everswindle, she was just one of those horses that, um, 
you hadn't seen the best of her. She, I think she was good enough to win an, um, the year later again um, because after she won that first one, she went to Auckland, run third in the Auckland Cup, um, and then she was down to race at Wellington, um, and she broke down in the Trenton State. She still run third, and I think she could have gone back to Christchurch um, and you know won another cup. So she was just sort of hitting the peak, and it's just a shame that she uh, broke down. Noel Ricardo here, mate. Now you've you've ridden four winners of the New Zealand Cup over over, over the years: Wake Forest, Mike uh, Pentathon, and of course Eva Swindell. You just mentioned there. What what was yep. your what was your favourite victory of those three? Which one was the sweetest? Oh, they're, they're all good, but that Eva Swindell is just that the, the beautiful run I got through the pack. You know, after we'd straightened up, and she had a little bit of weight, and I thought she needs some luck here, and it wasn't happening. And within a second, it the gaps opened and I just sneaked through and, you know, it was such a great feeling. Um, as I said, any any win's a good win. Um, but, you know, those good horses, it's just, it's probably like, you know, driving a Mini or driving a Mercedes, you know, but those good horses have just got that X factor and it's the same with any sport, you know, these good, good players, um, they just stand out and same with horses and it's just... Nice to be associated with horses like this. So, so what is it? so you can win? You can win just your normal you know, everyday races, and you've won many races over two thousand. But you've been able to transition that into the Group Ones, where there's so much added pressure to it. What goes in behind the scenes to to be able to come off in, in those uh, big moments and win those big performances for yourself and and and, and the trainers? Well, as you said, the first of all, you got to have the right horse. Um, mm. But you get a lot of fairy tale stories. You know, a lot of owners can have horses, um, first time horses, and make them win millions of dollars. And you get other guys that have been in the game twenty, thirty years and not have that success. But I don't know what it is. Um, Lester Pickett, I rode with him up in Singapore, and he he had a cleft palate, and he was a little bit deaf, um, but he had that X factor mm. and. I used to follow him in a race, and he was just magical. You know, what he could do was no other jockey could do. Um, mm. But having an affinity with a horse, I think that it's a big help. And, um, yeah, sometimes I wondered how I won certain races. But those big ones, <laughs> um, it's, you know, I'd say racing was kind to me. And, as I said, mm. I, I look at a lot of jockeys that um, rode that, didn't have my success, and I wondered how they kept going because if I didn't have the success, I thought would I would I have gone as long as I had. But um, mm. as you say, you, you get on a roll, and I think um, it's like having that success. Um, as I said, every year I put that. Um, if I couldn't win a listed or a or a group race, I'd be disappointed in myself. Um, so that's expectations, mm. but as you said, you can't do it without the horse. Noel, um, in terms of no, no having no, you know, lubricated punters cheering on from the stands um, this coming year, do you think that makes a difference uh, to to the horses? I mean, I know we see it some, you know, some athletes respond better to no crowd putting pressure on them versus a crowd that lifts them. Are our horses the same? Yeah, I think so because um, you know, like in the Melbourne Cup, there's no race like that, and. I tell you what, the tension, um, like in the jockey's room before the Melbourne Cup, I had about 12 goes of it. Um, 
you could drop a pin, you know, and um, oh, the tension in that jockey's room. But when you get out in that crowd, you just you've never heard it before, and as you know, with the with the rugby, you know, um, those crowds. And I always find when you go to the trial meetings, you're relaxed. Um, the horses are relaxed. There's no crowds as say race days, and a lot of horses don't put in as um, what they would race day. But when you get that, I don't know. It's just the atmosphere, and some horses just step up to the plate and. Um, yeah, they know they're there and they're there for a job. But, and you get those other ones that, um, yeah, they're better off track with um, track work horses than they are race days. Oh, I love it. Love it, Noel Harris, mate. 14 years since you rode Ever Swindell in the 2007 Cup. Number four for yourself, mate. Congratulations on a very successful career, over 2,000 wins. Racing to your 60, mate. What, a, what an unbelievable career for you. So well done, and thank you so much for joining Baz and Izzy for breakfast. We appreciate your time. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. Thank you very much. It is eight away from nine here on SENZ. Baz and Izzy for breakfast. When we come back, it's Sleep On It with Smithy.